Hi, Dan here, Dan on Dan, whatever. And uh, this is just real quick. I wanted to do some house cleaning and <laughs> this whole episode, you'll probably tell by the audio here. This is just real quick. Um, first thing, I am terrible at the proper promo and stuff, but I want to thank Derek and Astro Radio Z, first of all, for just letting me join in with this for, it's been a few years now. And uh, I really appreciate it. Thanks for hosting the show. So if you wanted to Here's some more cool stuff for some cult films and just the random hijinks. Astro Radio Z, Google it. I think it's like AstroRadioZPodcast.com or something like that. You'll find it. it seriously, such a unique name. You'll find us. Uh, the second thing, the audio in this episode, <laughs> to be, I mean, I guess maybe that's why I'm not exactly a professional at audio, but <laughs> to be such an aspiring professional audio person, you would think I would figure this shit out, but unfortunately i didn't realize this because of zoom i'm gonna, i'm gonna blame zoom <laughs> and myself i didn't realize that for whatever reason it had switched over to my camera microphone instead of my microphone so you will notice that the audio quality in my mic is atrocious like i'm talking i sound like straight up burzum or some freaking, like, just some hideous black metal, which, is, I mean, might be kind of cool, but in this case, not really. <laughs> I tried to clean it up as best as I could, so please bear with me. That's a shame, because this episode was so funny. Like, this one was just incredibly fun. I hope I patched it up enough for you to, li <laughs> to listen and enjoy it. And lastly, uh, let me see, lastly, probably not lastly. Again, you're going to hear us. We're not ripping on the asylum because we're mean-spirited. We love the asylum. So, again, if you're listening to this, Mr. Lat, appreciate it. And lastly, um, yeah, this is the actual last part. I want to de <laughs> dedicate this episode to Steve Jablonski and Michael Bay. Look, everybody might give you crap for your movies and what I don't. I stand behind them. I love them. I love the Transformers. They could be better. They could be a lot worse. I'm just happy to see Optimus Prime in screen in high definition. But regardless, much respect and credit needs to be given to Michael Bay because he is the reason we have summer blockbusters. And because of that, he's the reason we have summer mockbusters. Like his, the scores, and as you'll hear us joke about, the Bay camera and everything, he started it from, it just, it is what it is. So, I'm going to have, as you'll hear in this episode, we, uh, I figured I'd just go ahead and dedicate this not only to Michael Bay, but to Steve Jablonski, man, this, you are just, you are the ultimate. The, the scores are fantastic. It just, so ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to this and I just, I have to tell you, go and watch a Michael Bay film, especially Transformers. Enjoy the music. They're awesome. So thank you for indulging me with this. And now on with the mockbuster summer. Previously on the bottom rack. Did it, de box. did it deliver what the box art showed you? <sighs> so I'm gonna say almost. Well, we got an almost. That's the didn't outright doo doo on it. That almost. Yeah. I mean, was it enjoyable? Do you? Yeah, feel I had like a oh, you you enjoy? Okay. What their aliens are trying to do is find their kinfolk, and we being humans built a robot out of their technology and decided to screw up their rescue mission and i'm glad i didn't ask you your synopsis at the beginning because you just made this sound like the most badass movie at least the story 
stays consistent. Yeah, they keep throwing more stuff in there, but overall, the, the, the spine of this film stays consistent. And uh, I'm just going to warn people now, enjoy this. And now, the bottom rack, Mockbuster Summer, continues. I'm perfectly playing like, you know, <laughs> Nirvana and, and Rage, and I'm just like, oh my God. Oh, I know. Dude, tell me about it. Then you get like little Yo-Yo Mawa or whatever her name is, and they're not being racist, but it's always some kind of, it's always some Japanese little kid prodigy because their parents hover over them like attack helicopters. They're Mm -hmm. the kind of people, it's like, mommy, look, I brought home an A. And she's like, second place is the first loser. Ah!" (laughs) You make them do more shit. So you always have this like little eight-year-old who can sit there and play through fire in the flames with their toes on a keyboard. And I'm sitting here with my guitar just trying to learn painkillers. And it's like, I'm afraid to do it. Because I know what's going to happen, but Judas Priest painkiller tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> and the first thing that pops up is little Yo Yo Mao yeah. with her feet playing it on the piano. Wow, isn't she great? It's like, well, not totally, because she could also sing it too. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what you think you're good at, there's a 10 year old out there that's going to make you feel terrible about there's you. Always, yeah. There's one legged <laughs> Indian 10 year old who could do it better. And I'm not being mean. This is true. No, it's true. They're, it's insanely, they're insanely good and they're fun to watch. But at the same time, you're like sitting there going, plunk. What the hell have I done with my life? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like... Our favorite restaurant, our favorite Chinese restaurant in Bristol was literally like that. They had a piano in one of the dining rooms oh, great. where we would usually sit and the grandmother would be standing there and the, the kids would have to take turns playing classical piano while people are like, can I have more duck sauce? You know? <laughs> oh yeah, and if they messed up, you could physical, you could see pain. Then they had to bust tables. Because then they take them in the back, and that's whenever you'd hear, like, for every missed note, you'd start hearing, whap. Congratulations for playing Ode to Joy perfectly. Now go clean up table three. That's right. it. <laughs> You're barking at them. Y'all that's yeah. your prize. <laughs> oh, yeah, y'all uh, be sure to pick up your Dungeon Synth Zine issue two. <laughs> you will notice down there, one, two, three, four, fifth row down. <laughs> the Rebel Dungeon Synth Extraordinaire, Saragas. So that's right, nice. ladies and gentlemen. I don't know why I was born with such a profound gift for Dungeon Synth, but why argue with success? Know what I mean? You will notice... <laughs> The Greek classical profiling. They even used my Facebook. They even used the dragon form. I don't even, I forget where that even came from. <laughs> no, that was, this is a cool magazine. Like for anybody who was into black metal or just underground obscure music, like in the 90s, that's, this is so cool. Old dude took like legal sized paper and just folded it in half, stapled this thing. And it's all faded and weather-worn and stuff. It, seriously, this is like this is the coolest thing. Pirating the copy machine at work while you're on lunch. You know? I'm thinking about trying something like that, too, which I kind of did that for some of my uh, pictures I did, like for the Saragos promo. I did that to <coughs> picture and then put it on the Xerox at work. And put a copy out and then took it and was like, hmm. And then I smeared it in the sand outside. And then copied it again. 
Nice. <laughs> Too cult for true cult. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you're awful quiet. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Just, you're awful quiet. I'm just listening. Oh, oh, just listening. So the movie was that bad, huh? No, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be fun because as we go, y'all might hear me start saying, oh, what the hell is this now? <laughs> Bull butter. <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is going to come back. I'm using the guess. Guess what sound clip ends this episode? Mm, yeah. I mean, that's all. It, it, it go bull butter. Bull butter. That, I mean, that's like the best. Like, all I can see is Ernest now staring at the camera. Bull butter. I fucking love that guy. <laughs> Get me some bull butter on the horn. <laughs> no, I'm going to be doing it because the bo- the movie actually had several uses of certain camera <laughs> styles and just random slow motion. And so, yeah, I'm going to have to go slow-mo cam in this episode. So are, are, it's going are to be- we starting already? Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, okay, I've been recording like crazy. I, the, you mentioned the slow motion at the very end. My favorite is they try to do a Michael Bay slow motion with first the couple and they couldn't do it with... Uh, <laughs> with the blonde and so they get the hero to do the 360 michael bay slow motion but they don't move the camera <laughs> he gets up and he spins around <laughs> in the 360 <laughs> but they do it in the slow-mo with the hair and everything oh, yeah, so like, when they and that's what I'm saying. if it was me doing it it would be us you know going <laughs> but it's slow motion and going <laughs> <laughs> He gets up in slow motion and he turns 360. And the only thing you're missing is the helicopter in the background. (laughs) The special effects equivalent in this movie is Jim Carrey whenever he's trying to get admitted into the insane asylum. And he does his own special effects. Let's see that and it's a replay. (laughs) That is the, that is, yeah, the gist of it. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what? Let me go ahead and kick this off. We're back, episode episode two, number two, how appropriate. <laughs> episode number two of the Mockbuster Summer Kaiju. And if I had a camera, I actually do have a camera, but you may not see this. But if I did have a camera, it would be angled down like ball level, tilted up so I could pull one of these poses. And then you hear the Steve Jablonski theme while the camera starts spinning around me like that. And then you have like some... Your chair spins around, right? So you yeah, can even do around. the 360. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there we go you just need a you just need a flat background behind you with nothing but like one color and people would not know the difference thank you thank you very much You're welcome. yes this is episode two the mockbuster summer we are knee deep into it now ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us you if you've still joined us if you haven't already <laughs> after hornet we are back this time is more of a repeat viewing. For those of you who did not hear our previous podcast, I've actually done this one before with Mart the Movie Man in the spoiler room where we talked about Atlantic Rim. We're going back. I love, apparently I have a problem. <laughs> I have watched this movie, I think like five or six times in my life now, which is about five or six times more than I would normally watch it, I guess, or what anybody would usually watch it. I happen to really like this one a lot. I'll get into this more, but first, I can't tackle this alone. I have to have my Avengers, my don't sue me, my Revengers with me. 
the Earth Defense Force is here with another, with a fifth, the fifth, I plead a fifth. We got a fifth one with us. First of all, to my left, Miss Angelique Bone, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm here. Hay fever and all that, yeah. but women can yeah. do battling monsters with Xbox 360 style graphics. So we're, I love the, <laughs> I love the uh, prayer closet, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go blue for this episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Some, you have got to pull the ALF one time. Like, so it says, so Ms. Bone, what, what would you say your background is? And you could do like, <laughs> looks like some blue drapes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll say, wow, that would, what a dud. I'll still include. <laughs> That's a deep cut. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. You remember when ALF came and he had like, they were doing the promos. Because it was so oh, unique yeah. at the time. Yeah. And, they, and he was doing the press conference like the president. They said, so tell me, what is your background? And he just turns like a couple Looks of like blue drapes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same one whenever he sees the blind girl when he's dating her and he sits down for dinner. It's just like, would you like, she hands the plates and says shrimp hors d'oeuvres. I'll have the shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and yeah, I know. It was a delayed one. It never caught me until oh. eventually was like, Oh, wait a minute. Let Michael Bay spin it. <laughs> Epic laugh. Thank you for joining us, Angelique. <laughs> Thanks for having to, me. <laughs> welcome to the madness. To the right. Hey, uh, it's my specialty. <laughs> to the right of her, or the left of somewhere on this table, Mark the Movie Man, how are you? I'm perfectly fine. And I just like to let you know that's how much I love you, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I've watched this film more times than I care to admit as well. We, so We're true friends. <laughs> to battle something like this, something this monumental, we, we have to it have is, true friends. It is It is epic, yes. <laughs> and, uh, happy, happy to hear be here to talk about it again, especially after watching it again this afternoon. <laughs> I just again. watched it 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I just finished it. I know. Jesus Christ, help me. <laughs> To the side or above him, somewhere on this table, we have the forsaken ferret himself, Paul Salzer. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Thanks for coming. All right, everybody. It's a wrap. Thank you so much. Now, Mr. Uh, what are you? You're like, oh, you're the bow tie critic. Yes, I am. So, uh, I am really. <laughs> there are two people. There are two people sitting at this table. There are two people here that I really want to hear their opinions on. <laughs> I have two others here that whom I've already introduced. I know what their opinions are going to be on this. So they've got my back. But this is like, this is Civil War potential here. Mm -hmm. This is like Captain America versus Tony Stark. There are two people new to this team that I'm curious to know your opinions, and you're one of them. Mm. But the fact that you're here kind of tells me so you either want to fight <laughs> or you want to talk about it. <laughs> you can, uh, it's, this movie is designed to make you want to talk about it. So <laughs> it's scientifically grown in a lab. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beside the bow tie critic, Mr. Justin Young from Monsters, Madness, and Magic, how are you? Doing good, Daniel. Um, I'm not going to say that this dialogue is good, but it is golden. <laughs> I think our dialogue is going rather well, honestly, you jerk. The movie. The movie the dialogue. The movie's dialogue. <laughs> this movie had dialogue? 
Oh shit! <laughs> so I yeah, you're supposed to watch it with the volume up, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at normal speed. Yes, at normal speed. Because if, if you, you play, God, if you played a half speed, it'd take eight hours with all the slow mo they would do. But if you did it in the opposite direction, it sounds like a really weird porn. If you've noticed, some of the some of the lines that they have in this film are amazingly uh, capable of being inserted into your standard porn movies. I have some written down. Yeah, perfect. If it, if it was, <laughs> I'm trying to think because if you said it did it backwards, I was like, well, that would. I guess it'd sound like Norwegian porn. Uh, no, no, well, not, not here, but nearby. Hidden here, heard you. But it'd be a Bay film, so it'd be slow motion. Oh, near, oh, good, oh, good. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you play it backwards, then a demon <laughs> pops out of your screen, looks at what movie you're watching, and yeah, said, "Oh hell, I wonder what this is." Wonder what this is sound like in normal speed now. The, the demon, demon will just go. Hell. The demon will just go. Oh hell no! And go back to no, hell. no, will just be like. That's it. Like, uh, no, I've seen. I've seen this already. We're back to Fast and Furious Four. Okay, y'all have fun. <laughs> <laughs> no room for this. <laughs> yeah, y'all laugh. I'm still trying to toss up what next summer is going to be like. But anyway, hmm. it, <laughs> I, I sent you one for next summer. Atlantic Rim. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is probably one of my favorite asylum films. This is like, it, it, seriously, Pacific Rim, it hits all the buttons. Everything that it, it, seriously, if you grew up watching Godzilla, if you grew up watching Voltron, Robotech, Transformers, you like dudes, you like people, anybody. I don't care, dude, kid, whatever. Give me a chick. By that time, Princess Lara got in one of the lions for Voltron because that was one of the coolest episodes. But anyway, give me somebody that's going to get in the giant-ass mech suit and go beat the shit out of another robot. I am game all day. Give it to me. Like my favorite Godzilla film, maybe not my favorite, but the one I always remember because it's the one I had as a kid, Godzilla versus Megalon. Because, I mean, that oh, was, boy. like, the big, that was the big, <laughs> like, Survivor Series 91. That was Royal Rumble because it's just Godzilla versus Megalon. And you're like, oh, wow, okay, Godzilla's going to come around. He's going to stomp up. He's going to beat the crap out of Megalon. And it'll be pretty cool. But then all of a sudden, holy hell, here's Gigan. Holy hell, who is Jet Jaguar? What is this? And then next thing you know, you've got, like, this monster Royal Rumble battle going on. It's one of the coolest kaiju films ever. Did you did have you seen uh, the later the later versions of Gigan? Um, he freaking probably. looks wicked in in the Millennium series. Oh, oh no, man. I have it, not. No, yeah. Oh, the later design that they did for him, it was it was insane. But adding to my, uh, it, it, I, <laughs> I did you, Mark, um, just completely. Well, I did. I did a whole series. I did a whole. I did all the Godzilla films. I marathoned them and did a review of each one just before King of the Monsters came out. So it was an entire month of Godzilla films, and it was interesting when you mentioned up Megalon because J Jaguar was designed by a fan. Apparently, Toho. Did, was trying to go kid-friendly, as you could see by some of those films later on. Mm -hmm. And one of them was Megalon, Godzilla vs. Megalon, mm -hmm. and J Jaguar was designed by a fan from a contest. And so they initially, they put him in the movie because it was designed by a fan. It was like for a fundraiser or something. See, this so that's that's where J Jaguar came from. I, I did not know. I had no, hardly no trivia about it. But it does yeah. segue. <laughs> There's that Lord of the Rings character again. Yes. It will fit in nicely with this, a nice say. Oh, yeah. Because yes. in this, I mean, you've got the Power Rangers, you've got Voltron, 
you've got your, I mean, your Saban Kaiju formula <laughs> is yeah. in this as well as the asylums formula. So real quick, before we even get into the nitty gritty of the plot, if everybody would like to, please open your manuals and turn to page four. Now, if you wanted to pull up the box art for this bad boy real quick, because I want to go around the table right after I give my initial impressions of the Atlantic Rim job, Atlantic Rim box art. <clears throat> now, for those of you listening who don't have a camera or haven't even seen this film, let me give you a brief synopsis of this. So I'm going to have to bring this in later on, but we can start with the Michael Bay spin camera, the, the slow profile, if you will. I want you to imagine a camera down at waist level pointing up at some dude or some chick with the wind slowly blowing their hair and they're just looking off in the distance. You hear the Steve Jablonski ostinato string is coming in and then I'm going to give you the premise. When giant monsters crawl out of the Atlantic Ocean and attack the Eton, what the hell? The slow motion voices. Alright. <clears throat> When giant monsters crawl out of the Atlantic Ocean and attack the eastern seaboard, the U.S. government is forced to trust a trio of mischievous soldiers specialized in piloting gigantic robots to defend America. And, okay. <laughs> so you get me with the synopsis. I'm going to look at this box art. Let me tell you what this box art is. Which box art are you going to look at? I'm looking at the uh, IMDb. Why? How many are there? Because should I? I don't, I'm after the last time. I'm afraid to look at the box art for Japan. This is gonna a, make me there's mad. There's a U.S. There's a, a European one. I think it is or whatever, and it's got just the robot on it with a whole bunch of spaceships on it. And then there's the one that's uh, a little more true to form. That's on IMDb. See, that's horseshit. Well, I, okay. <laughs> The box art that I remember is the one from IMDb, and this yeah. is the one no, where that's you have... the one I yeah, that's the one I remember too. Oh, think... I'm about to flame somebody. I'm keeping this one up because this is going to get my this. I have a goat, and it just got that. <laughs> oh no, we're coming back to that. That that's no sir. All right, the cover I'm looking at. Of course, you got the actors up top. This is to look like your standard blockbuster summer flick, a la Transformers and stuff. And upon initial viewing, you first look at it. It's got slanted, but it says Atlantic Rim. And then you've got monsters versus machines. And you've got what looks like Transformers. You've got a Transformer in the background firing a laser from his chest. And then you got, I'm firing my laser. That's a cool sound cue for that. I'm firing my laser. And you got another robot on the right side who's also firing at this, I mean, wicked cool-ass monster thing, and it's got tentacles and a beak and teeth, and it's chewing up a bridge, and the tentacles wrapped around the bridge. It's coming out of the ocean. It looks like New York in the background, but in a rare occasion, or a rare occurrence for Asylum, the city is not burning <laughs> and destroyed. <laughs> this city is actually in nice condition. Oh, and you got another robot down in the bottom right-hand corner who is also aiming the laser, at the monster. So if I were to just glance at this, I'd be like, oh, cool. And what's kind of cool in the Axel Foley fashion, as I have mentioned in the previous episode, what you want to do is take the cover and just kind of move it real quick while you explain it. So what I should have done if I'm pitching this idea <laughs> is just take it and just kind of move it around. It's like, yeah, what you want is Atlantic Rim with the monster. You see the monsters and the robots on the cover. That's exactly how you want this movie. So, the minute you start really paying attention to this, 
you start kind of noticing, well, maybe. Mm. Angelique, what's your impression of the box art? I mean, it would pull me in. I'd be interested. But, you know, it, I kind of approach it with a grain of salt because I am a Godzilla connoisseur. So I have high expectations when it comes to My giant God, monsters. I apologize. I should have given your full credentials. And I, I do apologize. <laughs> Martin, the movie man, did, I mean, he did a deep dive into oh, Godzilla. And I, I didn't Angelique, mean to step on Angelique that I didn't mean to step on Angelique. Oh, I'm, no, she, no, no. she is a true scholar of the kaiju. And I do apologize <laughs> for not giving you the proper credentials for this. Yeah. It, it, and I apologize for acting like I know what I'm talking about. I apologize. <laughs> I forgot she's no, a, no she, apologies necessary. We are all experts here. If she, if, but yeah. I can tell you, I can tell y'all listening. If Angelique says she'd watch it, that means it's, there's something in this cover worth watching. It's a giant monster attacking things. I'm into that, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul, what do you yes. think about the cover? Uh, I think it's more accurate than the other cover. <laughs> oh, because the, oh, yeah. Because I mean, they, they've got they've got three robots instead of the one. Uh, the monster looks. I mean, you've got the. The monster is, it looks a little bit different than the monster in the film. And I don't remember them actually having octopus tentacles on the monster. I thought he was more like the, uh, like Shin Godzilla version. Yeah. Of it, Kaiju. Was, it was more of a Shin. There weren't tentacles, but it does have a beak. The head is more accurate. Yeah. I mean, it, it's in the water. I'm sure there was an octopus somewhere around there mm -hmm. at the time of filming. <laughs> uh, and I think it biting into the train is kind of misleading because if you look at the graphic, it looks like he's kind of biting his own tail. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> well, I mean, he's a, never say, they never said it was an intelligent monster. Oh, that's no. true. It's just a monster. Justin, mm -hmm. what yes, do you sir. think about the art? I mean, I think this art is pretty damn accurate, but I think something close to this scene kind of happens. So I, I don't think it, I don't think it's lying too much. Would you watch it just based on the cover? Based on oh yeah, the I'd, I'd watch I it. And, uh, you, I mean, is this the kind of movie you'd get into? Yeah, definitely, and it's definitely more accurate than the Hornet. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will, in closing, for the initial box art treatment, I do have to say I appreciated the Hornet box art a lot more. If I, if you were to show me Atlantic Rim and the Hornet box art, I'm going to go with Hornet. Just, I mean, I've already, I already tipped my hand. Last episode, whenever I talked, I mean, you got Metal Gear, Warmax. It, it's just instinctual. Ooh, okay. Because they made it look huge. That's the kind of art I'm going for. However, I mean, as a <laughs> Angelique is an, is an expert in uh, the kaiju films. As an expert of Sunday cinema, we'll call it. I am trying to refrain from <laughs> shitty movie Sunday PhD in shitty movies. Thank you very much. Yeah. For lack of a better term, say it lovingly, but with a PhD Absolutely. in this, I am, I'm going to watch this flick. You show me this cover. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, transformers is going to be like Friday night or Saturday night. But if I woke up Sunday morning, 10 AM and I just kind of laying on the couch, you know, you and just kind of sitting around wondering what to do. I'm freaking see this art and I'm going to turn it on and I'm going to watch it. So set us up, Mark. This movie opens up. How? What's going on? Give us the deal. Mark. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, I'd set us up. How's the movie open up? Give us something. You can't die to get out of this, Mark. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you can't fake your death with this one. I know you've seen this. I have seen this twice. Uh, actually, three times. Only twice. Oh, God. Knows. Actually, the, the three. Well, the thing is, I, I kind of uh, confused it with uh, the second one, but then that just shows how unmemorable the second one was for me. Um, so. <laughs> Let me start Considering this one you can't it opens up it, it opens up with an oil rig, which <laughs> is gonna throw people off <laughs> if you've seen Mega Shark versus uh giant octopus because you had an oil rig there. So I think it's the same one. This is called I'm movie sure. A. We can it's movie A. <laughs> Your yes, Honor, we'll is, refer to this as exhibit this, A. This is movie A, where we have uh an oil spill at an oil rig, and they're sending they send a, a uh, little mini sub down to investigate. And you've got the captain, I think, of the oil rig standing up there staring at nothing. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the asylum. You are going <laughs> to see the this asylum. entire movie is going to be actors staring at nothing. Staring at, at, the at, at nothing. Slightly aside, the, so they're not looking directly into the lens. But so they're reading their lines. This is the, right. this is the asylum's MO. And I'll just remind yeah. you of that, people. Oh, yeah, definitely. They're looking at something and trying to convince you what they're looking at is something more. But then when they do the reverse angle cut, <laughs> there's nothing there. You can barely tell in this film, even on my big screen TV, that there's actually an oil slick there. It looks more like, you know. I never knew it was uh, an oil slick. I never knew it was either, but apparently it was. And so <laughs> now we have this uh, <laughs> We have this subterranean, uh, well, this uh, submarine. And the inside control panel, which is someone's closet, uh, made to look like yep. the control room of a mini sub, which is way bigger than the sub. Uh, it's they're they're searching it. All of a sudden, there's an anomaly. Well, there always and, is, and isn't there? There always is. There's something <laughs> down there with them, and then and then the oil rig gets attacked. And what's great is there's dialogue. They're talking about the captains being concerned about damage to the oil rig. And the sound guy must have got a little anxious. You noticed that too? <laughs> he got a little anxious with the sound of the oil rig getting hit by something because. He was talking to something like, <laughs> like right in the middle there's of the clang. No. They're talking, there's a clang, and they don't even. Reaction. They don't even react. They're like. Well, my computer was lagging. No, no was it wasn't. <laughs> that sound, I'm watching on my TV. There's the sound of the, the oil rig getting hit, but they're just calmly talking. And then like five seconds later, a beep, then another clang, and then they After react. they're talking it's about like, this huge anomaly, bigger than yes. anything they've ever seen. And the guy's talking all of a sudden, some loud things like, like in the middle of it, and he doesn't even say anything. Like, nobody's they, concerned. They don't even blink. It goes, over his, it goes over his dialogue. I have no idea what he was saying, because it's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> How would you define Paul? What were the... I don't know the term because everybody uses different acronyms for this. The CGI, the VFX, the comp work, the special effects they use for the deep sea sub, the underwater thing. Yeah, it looked borrowed. For yeah, I mean, it was. Like, but are, is it at least an improvement? No, because <laughs> it 
so the, the, the prime example I wrote down was in this very scene, they're supposedly sonaring the bottom of, of the ocean supposedly. floor, right? The, of the oil rig. <laughs> Suppos- right. This whole movie is supposedly, yeah. Supposedly. But if you, if you look close enough, it actually looks like a kind of a green layout of the world, and where they're scanning from is in, like, near the middle of Africa. <laughs> well, I mean, they, watch that they scene might again. Have been. You realize they use they use that same graphic in the cockpits <laughs> later on in the robots. Exactly. It's the exact same it's animation. The same thing. They've got a globe in the in the <laughs> cockpit of each robot showing a location of where they're not <laughs> at. <laughs> well, you know these things cost money. The same it's the same one from Transmorphers. <laughs> no, no, thank you, Angelique. That maybe I should have done that comparison, Paul. If we compared this well, to Transmorphers, is there at least an improvement? No, <laughs> it's it's borrowed. It's so borrowed. Well, I, I mean, yeah, but if the Transmorphers was PlayStation Two, I mean, at least the sub and underwater stuff is Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Huh? I mean. So the only thing that I enjoyed, I think, was, was, that I would say is an improvement was the robot. Okay, that's right. We're okay. There. Improvement. Thank you. Okay. I mean, Angelique, how about? I mean, no, the special effects. Did, did we notice anything? Are they at least a little bit better? At least, what's your take on the effects? Because this is a, I'm going to use the term a humdinger. We got a humdinger <laughs> of special effects in this film. So I mean, yes. they're giving us a taste of it right here at the beginning. Are you yeah, um, ready for this? Does it look a little bit better? Because I was, I was impressed with the monster, honestly. Justin, you? Yeah, oh, I'm looked, sorry. I didn't mean to go right ahead. The monster. No, the monster looked pretty decent. I, uh, I mean, that was kind of so, that was kind of my take, Justin. I mean, you have no frame I, of I, reference. So when, <laughs> what's your initial perspective when you see these special effects, like the underwater chicks? That are sitting there with the the obvious CGI special effects underwater, but still, I mean, the controller, <laughs> the controller, the joystick from Walmart. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Justin. I mean, right when, right. My preference, uh, my lens I look through this is since I don't have many asylum films under my belt is, I just think of the worst movies I've seen on the Sci-Fi Network, and if it beats that. I'm impressed. So <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point, dude, that's a pretty good outlook to have. Cause uh, I mean, you really, yeah, just keep prepping yourself up for that. So the monster appears they're underwater and then the thing comes up. And I mean, seriously, I got to say compared to transmorphers, this thing is a godsend. I mean, this is like, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. This is like, looking at gears of war after you've just spent five years playing grand theft auto three on the playstation two fun game really <laughs> enjoyable but all of a sudden you see gears of war oh well i mean it's all right is the different to me honestly the effects work is like going to doom three after playing doom two it's to me yeah. it is that much of a difference just as far as how clear I guess <laughs> I see exactly what this film is. The moment that thing pops up, I know exactly what I'm in. But you know what? After looking at the box art, I kind of knew what, hoped I knew what I was getting into. So I wouldn't, I'm not going to gripe too much. But suddenly Monster appears and he starts tearing things up, oil rig or whatever. And then doesn't he 
it just tears up the oil rig, right? And that's why he starts to te- he starts to tear up the oil rig. We don't see the whole thing. We see him bend down and specifically munch the area that we assume where the captain and his assistant were. Um, and then he comes up and there's an explosion. And then he he you know starts attacking the oil rig. And then we cut away to our favorite that's admiral. Right. I love that he is my. This is. This is the shining star. This is one of those where no matter, you know, in a bad film, you always look for at least that one golden thing that you can attach yeah. to that you go, well, at least I enjoyed that part. He, That's in him. every single scene, he, he is so perfect. He is perfect for this. He knows what type of film he's in. He is he is selling it up just enough. And I love his character. I love our Justin, yeah. guy, Justin was texting me while he was watching it. Justin, are you like Mark? What oh, do you think? Of, what do you uh, think of Graham Greene? Because he, yes, he, I couldn't tell. I have seen this thing, like I said, five or six times. And at first, I thought, wow, he is a terrible actor. But then it was like, wait a minute, no, he's not, because I've seen him in other stuff. Yeah, he's not a terrible actor. He's That's a the good thing about actor. It. He's, he's just, a, he's a good he's actor. He's handing it up, and like I like how Mark yeah. put it. Apparently, he's just handing it up. So, Justin. What does he? What are some things that you would notice that he, he he would? Because he had a funny, unique way of making up idioms. Of what the hell's going on? Get so and so on the horn. Oh God! Get him on the horn. Everybody, everybody's getting. He loves the horn. Getting on the horn. On the horn. I was trying to count, and I forgot. But I was going to count how many times he actually said, "Get someone on the horn." But these idioms that he would say, he'd be like, "Bull butter." Rumble nuts. I've been in this army a long time. There's no way I've ever seen that. Are you kidding me? I've got a pancake batter full of this and a bowl at home with mine. There's no way I would ever see anything like this. <laughs> it's just stuff like that. I would say, nonsense, soldier. I've seen a bug like this fly out with two pancakes and a leg wheel on. What are you looking at? That's right. Guys, what's your problem? Look like a one. Guys is a contest. I don't know where that one came from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Angelique. How do you like him? Was he cool? Was he at least was well, he enjoyable? I, yeah, it's like you know they showed him a few clips of Arlie Ermy, and they were like, "We want you to talk like this," and he's like, "Well, I don't want to say the f word so many times, so maybe I'll just do my own." <laughs> <laughs> but was he a general? Because he has three stars on his lapels. They, be an admiral but they called him an admiral he's but credited as general well yeah so <laughs> they, they called him an admiral and he worked with yeah i didn't notice so i mean that yeah. <laughs> well, I, i'm just a pleb you know what do i know so we get to the admiral <laughs> they marches into the little press conference room or whatever the meeting room still don't really know what's going other than he's got his little assistant there behind him Who's telling him what's going on? But this way, like the assistant's telling him, he's like, Well, I knew that. Of course I knew that. Get your ass in here. Blah, blah, blah. Gets in there, <laughs> talking to the guys. And then he gets the, the character, Geis, who's explaining what happened. And at first, Geis is like the voice of reason, which is complete character swap. I mean, this is like Rob Zombie, Devil's Rejects, as far as a complete character turn by the end of the film. So you got guys who looks like he's trying to play the voice of reason, and you got these two other chicks who are from NASA, but the Admiral <laughs> pronounces it Nassau, and it, Nassau. I thought there was a problem with my uh, <laughs> subtitles. I was like, Nassau, were they from the Bahamas? No, apparently they are from NASA, and there's like some kind of M-Bot strike force team that they're going to test out to go and look for the oil rig that was scuttled. We had this debate. 
on what happened to the oil rig. Well, it's just missing. Well, I think it was scuttled. And the guy's just like, you don't scuttle an oil. You scuttle a ship. The dumb broad. I, I thought he was going to do that at first, the way he did it. So they're talking about what happened to the rig. And then he's talking about, let's get them. And they're like, them who? And he was like, him. And they're like, him who? And he's like, he's like the best that we've got or whatever. But then we are introduced to – he was in Baywatch. But we're introduced to whatever hit Red is his character's credit. Red. <laughs> Angelique. Is he the most manly man, maverick man that you have ever seen? Is that somebody that – because they said – now, mind you, when they said, are we sure we want to use him? It was like, he's the best one we got. And the Admiral's like, he's whatever. We, he's like horrible. He doesn't follow orders. You're a loose cannon, Cabretti. One of those kinds of things. He's a wild card. Yeah, he's a wild card. Yeah. He's a wild card. He's got his own rules. Wild card. He's, a, he's a real maverick. They didn't even say it was a maverick, but we get the idea. And so where is he? Is he training? He's training. He's training. He's training. No, he's at the most family-friendly Mardi Gras <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> Mardi Gras. That was not Mardi a Mardi Gras. <laughs> no. Well, it was there during the day. Know. It was that during the day. Matter, Mark. That does and they, not matter. I know, I know, it doesn't matter. I've seen <laughs> girls gone wild. Anyway, um, <laughs> settle down. <laughs> Hashtag settle down, Mark. <laughs> yes, Angelique. We see Maverick. Red. Excuse me. Red. Red. Is he a manly man? Is that the kind of man kind of man you want? Because he's supposed to be training, but he's not. Oh, he's training all right. No. Training something. Yeah. He acts like weasel. he's 17. Yeah. Clinging on to that chick. Yeah. Like, he's real clingy. <laughs> like, he's like that 17-year-old jock dick face that we all knew in school that was always... Babe, 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 babe. good? Babe. Yeah, he's one of those that peaks in <laughs> high school. One of those kind of guys. And uh, yeah, he's training. Whatever they're doing, what are they doing, Angelique? Are they a wall or drinking? No, they're uh, well. I they're mean, in I, uniform technically, training. Technically, <laughs> no, yeah, drinking. I guess they would be a wall if they were just out at Bunny Ears quote Mardi Gras. Having you a know few what? Shots. The, the float said Mardi Gras, so I'll give it to them. They said it, it was Mardi Gras, so you know what? Mardi Gras. <laughs> Something like that. But yeah, and then, you know, he's just, he's kind of a douche. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> his spiky hair, and you can tell he spent some time in the tanning bed. Yeah. You know, if, if he had on a puka shell necklace, the package would have been complete. <laughs> I'm not even going to, and again, I, <laughs> I am not one at all for objectivity as far as describing who should look like what. No, that's just simply juvenile. I'm a guy. If she's hot, of course I'm going to dig it because I'm a guy. But that chick he's with is entirely too hot to be an enlisted service member on active duty, <laughs> strolling around Mardi Gras in uniform fatigues. It just, no, that just ain't, ha I'm so, all right, I'm taking out right there. Mark, is this a man's man? Is this red? Is this the kind of guy that you want in this man's army? If you're writing a, if you're 17 years old and you're writing a male, character, <laughs> yeah, babe, yes, yeah, this is, this, this is, this, sure, I, you know, it, <laughs> he is a dick. He's a dick the whole way through. You, 
at no point do you see this guy going, he's the hero you want to get behind because you don't. You He's the hero you want to punch. <laughs> You're hoping he's the martyr <laughs> by the end of this. You're hoping he's the one that doesn't get out of the ship and everybody's like, oh, he gave his life for the country. We're like, God. yeah, the douche is dead. Somebody's got to stay behind. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, you're right. You should do it. Go right ahead. Yeah, you're right. You go. You, you go I, ahead. Had a, uh, I wrote a you, note you that I was thinking, all right, so he was in Baywatch for like four years, apparently, and uh, I barely remember Baywatch, but I think I remember him. I think what it is, is he was, and I'm not speaking personally, I don't know him, he's probably a great guy, but the character that he played at Baywatch, all right, that character is in this movie. It's as if they told him at Baywatch that he was the star of Baywatch. And now after Baywatch, they said, dude, we got a movie over here. You want to come and make it? Now that you're not, you're not Baywatching anymore. You don't have to guard. You're, you're not a lifeguard anymore, but we got a film over here. You want to be an MBOT pilot? And that character's like, yeah. And goes, that, yeah, <laughs> that, that, see, yeah. that's the impression I get. It's nothing but sure thumbs did, and yeah. pinkies <laughs> all the way, hanging tin. Justin, is this an accurate representation of your armed service members considering that they walked into the back alley and bump up against some nefarious ruffians? Oh, yeah. The high-five sequence after they beat up the civilians, that definitely <laughs> is, is uh, definitely what you see Who's from your service members. the bitch now and then spits on yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> They had a handshake ready for that moment. Like they had just beat up uh, civilians every weekend. And they gave party. us the bay cam at that too after they did it. Camera starts <laughs> here and then all of a sudden. It zooms down. And we get that real quick. Like slow the camera down just slightly. <laughs> so during the fight, we actually got some slightly quick fight editing and a bay cam. <laughs> and so they're called into the ship because now we see the third character who just appears out of nowhere sitting in a car be like, come on, y'all, where y'all at? And, <laughs> and then they appear and it's like, oh, there they are. And she, the chick, I forgot her name, pops in there. Tracy. 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 Yeah, or babe. They keep call her babe or baby. <laughs> Everybody call her calls baby. her baby. They call her babe, baby, or blue. And the dude who we find out was banging her, but isn't supposed to be banging her, is the one calling her baby, which is a complete total bro no-no. A no-bro, if you will. Exactly. And friendship, you just don't do that. So anyway, apparently she doesn't mind. So you know what? Neither do I. So they apparently get in the van. she didn't mind either. Okay, apparently not. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for that. So what, what happens next, Paul? What? They, they actually get to go inside a bunch of these little <laughs> robot suits. A program that was created to be rescue bots, and it has weapons like rail cannons. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, I mean, well, you sometimes where you're rescuing people could be very dangerous. Have you been in downtown Chicago? Yeah, but they're they're underwater rescue bots. <laughs> A railgun underwater don't work that well. Not anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe they had to test them. This was a test run. This was a test run. How far they, how deep they could go. So, I mean, you got to yeah. test the, I mean, you're going to test a rail gun out in the open air? No. 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 Well, they, they only test it once anyway, and apparently forget about the fact that they have rail guns on these, the rest of the movie because, and, uh, again, you know, oh, yeah. That's what you get for not inviting us 
into your little group whenever you're planning out these giant robots. Because, I mean, I'd have, like, a railgun sound effect, like, every 14 seconds. I'd do it randomly. Just the sound effect? Just the two, 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 oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I'd do a big, beefy one, too. You know, like, one there. Like, I mean, I'd hit it like anime, where you'd hear, like, and then you just hear a little, and then nothing, and then. And then, the like, shake the windows, and like half the city's and just like this line of destruction. That's the kind of railgun. I, I digress. So they're under. How do the robots look? What do you think about the robots, Paul? The robots look fine. I mean, they look. Holy they shit! Look, we got a fine out of him. Well, yeah. I I'm mean, there's sorry. nothing. There's nothing really wrong about them. Unrealistic, except for the fact that they have a railgun mounted to their arm. Uh, I mean, and later gonna... on, they have military or they have melee weapons. And <laughs> yeah, also... dude, are you? I mean, you're making a robot, and you're not going to put those on there. If I was, if I was making them in Japan, yeah, I will. But <laughs> these are American <laughs> robots. What you trying to say about Japan? <laughs> no, no they, say... have to, they have to have they have to have the the you know the pop up like HD television that comes out there with the with the chrome rims and the yeah. you know the hydraulics. That's what you need in these type of robots, not actual weapons and shit like that. Well, I disagree. I would put weapons on everything. If I'm just, sorry, I'm showing my red, white, and blue with that. Yeah, I put a gun on. I put a gun on it. Hell yeah, <laughs> I put two. They should have a lot more guns, but on. never mind the fact if they didn't use the rail gun because it didn't work the first time because our hero took takes out a hotel, it's because he tried to use a rail gun. Oh at god, we're getting, I'm getting to that. We'll we'll okay. we'll speed up okay. to this part. So they have to go into water and then they have to try to find out what actually happened to the oil rig. So they actually do go into water. Now again, we have got the asylum MO with this right now. And I brought this up before, but I'm bring this up again. And this will come up time and time again in this, is that all you have is the classic case like the Saban Power Rangers runs of just the actors staring at nothing. And then you'll go back to the Admiral, to the um, command center, and they're staring at nothing. <laughs> you can't tell what they're looking at. Every now and then you'll get an over-the-shoulder shot of what the people in the command center are looking at. But you never see what the actual They still actors, don't have anything on the screen. There's nothing on there. It's to be ridiculous. seeing this giant thing and there's nothing on the screen it's, it's a grid with a little with a bunch of little like airplane icons that float around these pilots yes. are in state-of-the-art death weapons all right mechanized with dryer, warfare bots with dryer tubing rescue with bots. dryer tubing Fish behind ball. them dryer tubing you lights. would think they would have like digital lcd screens with infrared or some kind of laser beam sonar no that they took things the up Nope. Y'all remember those those games when we were kids? It was like the the hood of a Ferrari and the little steering wheel and the little yeah. screen. <laughs> it's like they just painted one of those black and threw some foil on a couple of parts and we're like, here, here you go. Yeah, well, never this. never mind the fact since they're using the same uh robot design, which going back to the art, at least the design of the robots and the art matches these robots actually fairly well. Kudos, there's um, a one-up sound. Yeah. Uh, they're all they're all using the same cockpit set, so they recorded <laughs> at different days. And the way you can tell that it's different is the different color light that they put behind the actors, so you know, like Angelique is doing. And in fact, Angelique's uh, uh, closet prayer closet. You throw some lights on the back of there, uh, bring a tube down and throw the uh, Dollar Tree joystick in front of her, and you got yourself a cockpit for 
the the robots in this film. Uh, but you know, I'm in my mech. <laughs> you know, so they're, they're, they're using their budget well that way. It's just you know that these folks are delivering their lines separately then, and you can tell that, that they're delivering yeah, I their tell. lines at, at different times. And, yeah, they, they run across the monster when they're underneath there. And never mind the fact that even before that, they run into a problem, a mechanical problem already, but it's handled. Brand new robots. <laughs> Brand new robots. They handle a problem with uh, one of them. Uh, with her, I think it was uh, her uh, pressure or whatever was getting too too much for her. She was going to black out it's or always something. The I forget. I forgot what like it was. Some kind of power failure. Yeah, her that's what it was. Was dropping or some uh-huh. crap. Yeah, it was. Of course it was. Of course it was the girl's robot. What could have been well, green? Yeah. Huh? That was well, that was to force. You can't drive, Angelique. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. That was to foreshadow uh, the problem that she will that. have later. I only say that what because was I'm that? telecommuting. I'm sorry, Paul. What was, what was that? Paul? <laughs> Is your hair spiking uncontrollably? Oh, dude. Do you find yourself wearing head-to-toe Ed Hardy with no explanation? I heard that. Do you feel cold spots all around you where your dude bros should be? Oh my gosh, guys, 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 I'm getting it again. I'm getting it again. I'm getting it again. I'm getting it again right now. If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are suffering from a chronic vitamin G deficiency. Oh my god! God! But never fear. Your hostess with the ghostess has the cure. Join us on Paranormal Schlockdown, where we'll go through every episode of Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures. Examining the evidence. I just saw something. Keeping track of every Zack rage. I do not feel right up here. But most importantly, we'll see what happens to Aaron. Dude, I swear to God. Guys, I keep hearing something like right over here. We'll rate each episode and learn about all the rad equipment these dude bros use to capture paranormal activity. There will be special guests and lots of surprises for connoisseurs of the creepy. Get locked down with Paranormal Schlockdown. This is how Ghost Adventures crew gets locked down. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or the podcast app of your choice. Come with us. And stay spooky. That instance was to foreshadow what was going to happen later on, that her mech would have a problem mechanically when she tried to do the Neuralink. That's why it affected her so much badly. I think her machine was a, a faulty machine. This actual one scene is a great scene in this movie because they, they develop the character's and they set things up without even telling you about it. You, you get you get how dickish Red is by saying, "Oh, you know, hey, I'm gonna I'm not, I'm gonna disobey orders, and I'm going to you know, and I'm going to take away from Blue's uh, like moment of all she had to do was fire a harpoon in there, but no, he had to go in there. Da, 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 I'm the hero, and that told you about his character, and it also showed a little bit about Jim's character." when that he's kind of the laid back guy and he's going to just let those two go at it. And then he's going to occasionally come in. So, I mean, the scene did work. It, it does kind of, it, it does work for a setup. I'll go with you on that, Paul, as far as the tension that they were going though, it was handled so flatly that you don't realize that you're supposed to be like, it's supposed to be a tension scene though, because <laughs> Because there's no real intense music or anything. And even the acting of, are you okay? Well, she's losing power. Well, maybe we could fix this. Okay, well, she's losing power. Where are they at? 400 
fathoms or whatever. Okay. I mean, it was just from what you said. Hmm? That comes from what you said. They're acting in different days. Yeah. And you could tell. And so the emotion, unfortunately, that I totally agree with the writing that, yeah, this does foreshadow. We get instantly introduced to our our one beat characters, which is great. Uh, You get the idea of them because you couldn't get that before with the civvy fight. Um, I know. but yeah, uh, it does set up the characters. But I mean, I think it's supposed to be a tension-filled scene too, and it falls flat in that respect because it's just not edited or directed in anything. And uh, yeah, Red goes off to the monster, and I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead, but I want to know how how they teleported the Admiral <laughs> and his two people. They were supposedly in at the base in Louisiana that was this this conference room that had random phones and stuff around it, some Dell flat screens. Um, they went from that. Red says, I'm going after the monster. And suddenly those three are on the deck of an aircraft carrier. And they well, say, he, he immediately summons the, uh, he, Scrap- me a bird in Get the him air. on the horn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank bird you, Justin. <laughs> And, and suddenly they're in a helicopter and like, bam, bam, bam. There's no, they traveled out to the aircraft carrier. There's no feeling of time. It's just like, I'm going after them. You're breaking the rules. And then they show the jets, send in the fighters. And after they send in the fighters, suddenly they're on the deck. They just, they're just like, they're just suddenly on the deck. With of, the bay cam and the slow motion. We got yes. more bay cam and more slow motion. This time with the Admiral and his two people beside him. But yep. Yeah. Camera pans down the waist level and then we get the slow <laughs> and, and they gotta use a wind machine and some hair so you at least know uh, from for one person moving so you know it's slow-mo because everybody else isn't really moving in the scene so you're not sure if it is slow-mo or not. <laughs> See, I'm going to, all right, I'm going to double back because I, but real quick, I will say the music in this thing is actually really good. Yeah. I love the cues and the scores in this film. Like the composer, I actually wrote his name down. The composer is top notch. Chris Chris Pinkston. Man, that is some phenomenal work. That is excellent stuff. But damn, to just not do it in the right places sometimes. Like anytime there's a bay cam, in the slow motion, you're supposed to get those ostinatos, the spiccatos, man. Supposed to get seven, ten times, or ten seven, but it's supposed to be something weird, so you can add that little bit of hit to it. And you're supposed to go slow motion like that. You're supposed to build the tension, and that's when you bring in the bram. And the, anyway, the characters, though, to double back real quick, Paul, you just, I mean. Like I, I just, all I hear in my head is from snacks that well fuck me tell me what are you reading? You apparently read uh, the professional. That's why you're here because I just made a note to joke about the different colors like Power Rangers and the fact that they wanted Tyrese Gibson so bad in this movie <laughs> and couldn't get him. And yep. I feel like that the guy uh, forgot his name, Treach, uh, Creech, Anthony Treach, Chris, Treach, Chris. I feel like. Maybe they told him to act that way because I feel like that <laughs> might not be the way he would act normally. But no. it's just the way he would act. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Yo, yo, yo. Like that. 
and it's endearing at the proper time. The problem is, is Tyrese does that really well because it feels natural, like he naturally feels that way. And he's also an incredibly likable guy. Well, this poor fellow, I don't know him enough to like him. It's not that I don't like him, but I just don't know him well enough to like him. You know what I mean? It's, it's Treach from Naughty by Nature. So and that's the guy, how I know the name. Yeah. And the guy's got talent. I mean, I saw him. Yeah, he Feast. does. He is one of the better actors in this film. I saw him in Feast and, and some other films too. He was in, you know, Play His Ball and that. And every time I've seen him, even though they're not like major parts, He's a he's got talent, and he you're right. It, it here his he's got far more talent than this film deserves. Because yeah, uh, we'll find that out momentarily. Yeah, but because you're right, the dialogue he's given is is like it's trash. It's trash. <laughs> it's like it's like some some little white kid in a closet was right going. This is this is gonna be awesome. This is so hip. I'm writing this dialogue. I'm recording out of the closet, if y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd be able to write more cl- better better uh, dialogue than whoever did write it for for him because i felt bad because he's got talent and he's he's stuck with this yeah, dialogue was, that's it, just at first all the babies i thought he was talking to his robot it, yeah it's just one of those things it's usually they would do you know because again tyrese would have those little one-liners like in transformers yeah. you know the difference between that though is that transformers was good <laughs> i was gonna say transformers was good the, the difference between that, I'm telling you, it's all, it, you add the Bay Cam, but you also have to add the musical score. You nailed that yeah. right on the head, Mark. I never, there was something wrong with it. And I now thinking back to it, you're right. Anytime that it was tense, I didn't know it was tense because they didn't give me musical cues to think it was tense. Man, Michael Bay can stuff 30 minutes of freaking tension into five minutes with just spinning the camera around and adding some score to it. In the back, like that whole sequence in uh, Jordan, whenever he's calling to bring the saber rounds, it's like, bring it away, baby! Like that. I mean, <laughs> you spent five minutes in there. Jesus Christ! They're having a gunfight in Afghanistan. Like, people, you think people are dying everywhere, and you got this plane just slowly cruising in, and almost everything's going great. You hear the tension build up. You even hear a nice little radical, and all of a sudden it stops. And then the gunfire. It just builds up perfect cadence, perfect tempo. This is like passing gas <laughs> in a closet. Silent but deadly, apparently. So you've got red. <laughs> so we'll get back to where Mark left us off. And thank you, Paul, for actually contributing to the characters. Cause I, I, and I'm not being an ass with this. I mean, <laughs> I mean this is dead serious. Because there's no That's way. A great observation. There's no I way I would have come up with that shit. I was just yeah, like, was beautiful. dude wishes he was Tyrese. I mean, y'all, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> it's a good thing y'all are here. Holy shit. So Red, Mr. High School Badass. Is sitting there picking on a poor indigenous creature, come up out of the water, just minding his own business. Red's gonna beat the shit out of him. How about the laser beam, Justin? He goes full on Akira and murders like an entire highway interstate and half of a casino hotel. And then he says, Oops. And he says, Oops. <laughs> I mean, I got another question. Like, while these this huge fight is going on, um, and they shut down the other two robots, why not just turn them back on so they could then come and help the guy? And how are they I was just sitting there the whole time? Like, can, can you just turn? But, the, can you press the button for these guys, or are we just I, I, leave them down I, there? 
I think that is from uh, like if you have a remote computer that you shut it down from the remote. Once you shut it down, you can't reach the robot again, so you can't turn it back on because it's powered oh, off. Yeah, like they know. completely powered it off to the point of they can't even reach it anymore because they powered it off. Though they do power them up later, I think. So yeah, I don't. <laughs> they have to. <laughs> I'm they power them back, back on immediately. Immediately. They kick the robot. He kicks the robot's ass. Yeah. And the other two come up, and he's all happy that he kicks the robot's ass. The camera, however, takes gives us a different perspective, if you will. This would be in a Michael Bay film, cue the sad horns, where you would hear generally a D minor, or maybe even, not really a B minor, that's more heavy sounding, but a D minor, maybe an E minor. And you just see scattered bodies all over the place. Yeah. And Red's yeah. walking by being like, yeah, we're in the bench and kind of catch up with me. Yeah, I'm right here on the east side heading up Wilcox and Block. So, well, we're right a block away from it. We'll see. Okay. And as soon as he hangs up, they round the corner and meet each other. It was one of those, as he, if he would have kept the phone up for like one second, like, oh, hi, there you are. And then <laughs> he still says bye while he sees them. You know how y'all do that? You're talking with somebody that's like, oh, mom, you're here. Hi. Bye. And you're staring mm-hmm. right at her, and you still tell her bye on the phone. You don't want to be rude and hang up on somebody. Apparently not. So then, <laughs> random. Yeah, the I just the the random body, the random carnage, nowhere the near carnage. where the where the where the fight was. It's the no, fields, no, man. Where there's where there's there was no fight. If you watch where the monster fight and his fight took, he took out a casino on the beach, and they took out like a, a four block area. But if you looked at all the dead bodies strewn across uh, Louisiana, <laughs> you would have swore this fight took from one coat what one side of the city to the other. This it looks <laughs> like Rambo's bar mitzvah and dance party. Right. I mean, I swear to God, there's people strung all over the place with daggum tinsel. I mean, he is la- the, just laid waste to it, and apparently nobody cares because they're arresting. No. Why are they arresting Red, Paul? Uh, because he uh, disobeyed orders. Because he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> Sorry. Well, he's yeah. They, he he revealed the uh, the existence of the Armada program to everybody, which is why they supposedly shut down the robots while they were under the water. The secret robots, never mind the big-ass monster that <laughs> it appeared, but we got to keep the robots a secret. We can't let anyone know about the robots. Don't you tell them about <laughs> but, the robots. But, it, but he did it in such a fashion, though, too. He was like, he was like as soon as he got out of the water, he was like, <laughs> he did that Bay, Baywatch cam thing again that you guys are talking about. Anyways, in this robot form, in the loudspeakers, he goes and basically says that he is a government robot. <laughs> I'm a g- never. Don't mind me. I'm just a secret government robot. <laughs> Not to mention that he would have been above water for miles. Miles, exactly. <laughs> It's like that's a hell of a drop off on that beach. I was thinking that <laughs> yeah. too. I'm like, all of a sudden he's just like. Ha ha! And you're just like, wait. <laughs> oh, the secret government robot. Please don't get out. People are taking pictures and they're cheering. <laughs> One funny thing I, I laughed about is whenever he actually meets back up with uh, Blue and Green, he meets up with them <laughs> and he, he, explain, he gives them a play-by-play of what they just witnessed. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess they didn't see it because they these secret government robots don't have cameras or view screens for them to actually see the action. 
But in the movie, he just goes through like an entirely too long sequence of explaining what he did to these two people. Like, did y'all see him beat the robot? Because this robot man, he just comes up, he flies out with it, and then I take him, and I just hit him with that, and I picked him up, and I smashed his head, and then I take him out of the roundhouse and threw him in the, and he took my laser, and I smashed up the hotel, and man, it was so freaking off, and I took it, and I smashed it, and I kicked his ass, man. Y'all should have seen it. Woo! It was crazy. Hey, babe, come here, babe. Yeah, it was great. It was. He spends entirely too much explaining what he did. <laughs> then they come up and say, "Oh, hey, so you're here to give me my medal, huh?" No, we're here to arrest you. <laughs> but, but they, but they're going to give him a medal later. This, this script, this, I, I couldn't Why? get the whole arresting thing. I'm like, okay, you get reprimanded for breaking the the rules, but you're going to arrest him and go to a party. And, but then, okay, he's arrested, but he's going to a party. The admiral is reprimanding him and is going to throw him right in the brig, but he's very proud of him. But yet he's throwing him in the brig. I'm like, this is this is not a, how you do it. Never, never mind the fact that our guy was getting his ass kicked. And if it wasn't for air support, was it Slipknot or Slipshot? Yeah, or Spitfire. What? Spitfire. Spitfire in his cardboard. Spitfire in his cardboard cockpit. If he hadn't dropped uh, uh, the payload into the mouth of the monster, our guy Red would have been smeared across the board. I mean, you yeah. know, hey, oh, just fill up, pull up his jaw for me. Hey, I'm gonna bomb <laughs> yeah, <on> missile. <laughs> I did like how the guy tried to move like he was in the cockpit, yeah. and they used that Shutterstock footage yep. of a guy in a cockpit. But then they they try to do a reverse angle, so they do like the one angle when he'd have dialogue, and then they cut to a reverse. It's supposed to be the same cockpit, but it's not even the same helmet. It's not even the same. Quick cuts, plane. man! Quick cuts. They don't have time for the details. Back to him, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm gonna oh the fifty cal, eat the fifty cal, babe." And <laughs> F-18 Hornet doesn't have a 50 cal. It has a 20 millimeter cannon on, on it. So <laughs> the fact that he was claiming that he was firing at it with a 50 cal is hilarious. Angelique, how well would you handle isolation? Let's say that you were in a secret government robot. You found out an oil rig had been destroyed and you just kicked a big monster's ass. Never mind mm. that Spitfire saved you but that's cool you're still going to take credit for it and you just explain yeah. to your friends how you whip the monster's ass you just kissed your girlfriend you just been arrested and thrown into a brig or some kind of room with a red light and you've been yeah. left there how long would yep. you last thank you there's the red Probably. light <laughs> well longer than him because i mean he was in there for like 20 minutes and he was already doing p90x <laughs> Doing the, <laughs> his damn body. He's been in there for like yeah, and then doing the whole, uh, screaming <laughs> like, Dude. in agony. The animal, uh, like, it basically locks the door. 10, 20 minutes of movie time. It's all of 20 seconds for yeah. us. And then the admiral, He's throwing the cod around everywhere. I mean, hell, we have been in solitary longer than this asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gets locked up in the conference room B. He gets locked up in conference room B I mean, and the guy can't handle it. And they do the montage and I'm just sitting here going, you use that for passage of time, but it's only been like, it's like, dude. He's got a party like, to go to later that night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my that my dad was a recruiter. And when I was a kid, you know, had to 
be picked up by either him or my mom. My mom had to work. So my dad had to take me to the recruiting office and I could not be seen. So guess where I was locked? In the back room of the Marine Corps recruiting station. There was a typewriter that I was allowed to type on because it sounded like business (laughs) in a metal filing cabinet and a single racquetball. (laughs) I was six years old and did better than this dude. (laughs) Such a champ. Mighty champ indeed. So the Admiral comes back and says, you're going to a party. Some kind of hammy dialogue. That was kind of funny whenever you actually really think about what the Admiral says to him. It's like, so you're going to warn me? No, I'm going to arrest you because you don't follow what you disobey me. That's why you're going to go to a party. (laughs) You're going to shake some politicians' hands or something. like, not a very good promise. So we go to the party. Justin, how well can you handle your alcohol? Um, I, I can handle a few, but I think he was a little tipsy too soon. The, he, I'll give him this. If he wasn't actually drunk, he can certainly pull off a good crazy bender drunk. I'll give him that. Right. Cause he was just, and I don't want to, uh, I just want to backtrack a little oh bit. Oh my man. God. We forgot the we rescue. We skipped over my favorite scene. Yeah. You forget the rescue. Oh, for forget the rescue the that doesn't work in 2020 oh, because sorry. it's. How can I forget the rescue? Red is arrested, and out of nowhere, suddenly, side quest. Like, we're talking Witcher 3, sacred, Grand Theft Auto, cutscene, unavoidable. (laughs) You did this, but now all of a sudden, crazy dude comes (laughs) up, and you are now doing a side quest. Justin, tell us what happens. There are so many questions I have about this scene. (laughs) First of all, the the way the guy just comes out... How he describes his daughter, he should have his child taken away from him because he's like, you see my daughter? Yeah, she's about this high, 12 years old, brown hair. It's like, <laughs> and then she's and then she's in a bar of all places. So you don't know why this 12-year-old is in a bar <laughs> and why does this guy have his gun out? The threat is like, your, your gun's not going <laughs> to do anything against the fire. <laughs> this <laughs> He's a firefighter. Yeah, this is the most casual fire rescue scene of all time. He Apparently has time a up. fierce fighter when it comes yes. to fires. He comes up with a whole superhero origin story before he the, before the building burns down and has to convince this girl to go outside. I mean, he's got breach and clear. He's sweeping the corners. Yeah. He's got his gun drawn. I mean, he's sitting there calling her name and everything. This is like straight out of Tom Clancy's wet dream, man. <laughs> and it, the building isn't even on fire because that was poor VFX, I have to say, whenever they added it. Yeah, that was some <laughs> Angelique's prayer closet looks on fire. But, yeah, the bar was, I'm using quotey fingers, on fire. <laughs> so he goes in and spends entirely too long rescuing this chick. Who, by the way, all of this is being watched by Red in the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Nobody else like decides to help our our man. No, no, everybody else stay here. I got this. Red was handcuffed, but Blue could have maybe helped. Maybe told Green to put his gun away. Yeah, I don't know why the gun was out. We're finding a child, okay? An American child. And in in the whole thing, this this bar is burning, and a man comes and says, "Alexandria, your father sent me to find you. Come with me. You're a kid. The bar's on fire. He knows your name. Let's rock and roll." Instead, she says, "No." (laughs) <laughs> no. No. stranger danger exactly stranger. she has stranger danger when there's a fire 
Stranger Danger is is your second. <laughs> if you're in a burning building in a room that you might catch fire and die and a stranger comes up stranger danger is a little lower right now yeah, his number is problem number two get out of the fire first then do your strong kids safe kids that's it then you can do your password you gotta get out of the park, right stop drop and roll and then ask yep. the password and if he doesn't know the password you do the honk and then you get out of there what i love is the fact that he's running with her for like five miles outside of the bar. Like he gets out of the bar. He could have set her down. Hell She's no. She's as tall as he is. He's, he's humping her all the way under everything. He's going all the way straight to the father. Who's like 200 feet away. He doesn't <laughs> set her down and they walk. Nope. He's got to carry her the entire way. Ooh, he finds her after he's calling her name outside the bar. Even though he told blue that she was in the bar. But he's still calling her name outside the bar, regardless. Right, which which got me trying to figure out. I'm like, dude's outside the bar. His girl, his little girl's inside the bar. Now I'm from Wisconsin, so kids inside bars is That's a common a thing. Occurrence. It's it's no, well, it's <laughs> pubs. There are a lot of pubs. They're they're not just places to drink during the day. They tend to be social areas. Right. Okay, I mean. I know it sounds weird for probably like people on the coast. I've seen people complain. They brought kids to the bar, and I'm like sitting there going. Yeah, uh, because, you know, in Wisconsin, bars are near the lake. They're, they're social areas. There's, you know, you serve food and everything. Mm -hmm. But what I'm trying to figure out is, okay, so this lame-ass father, when the building caught fire, bolted and left his <laughs> daughter in the bar, and then he came back going, oh, shit, I left my daughter in the bar because I'm sitting there going, there's no way if you're a parent in a bar with a kid that you should be outside when it's on fire going, Alexandria, Alexandria. He's straight up George Costanza, that kid. It's like, fire. <laughs> <laughs> He's out he of bolted. I mean, if, if I was that kid, I would have started punching him and going, you fucking dick. <laughs> so he rescues I'm telling kid. mom, we're we never having our weekend again. And never mind, we get, we get another Bay Cam. Whenever she runs to her father, Alexandria gets to her dad, and we got a slow-mo bay cam, but again, no music, no no score or cue. So I'm gonna have to add that in this episode, which <laughs> which I will be doing, and it will be funny, I assure you. So we get the bay cam, we got the score, the I love you, I love you. Red's like, yeah. And then he goes to jail for 20 minutes. Well, goes to a conference room three. Conference <laughs> room three. Then he goes to the party at the Admiral's behest or request or what or bequest. <laughs> yeah, he goes to bequest. He goes to the party and can't handle his alcohol. Paul, give me something. What's going on with this? What's what is the point of this scene? It was to kind of give you a reason why the two couples possibly broke up and why she would have decided to hook up with his best friend it was friend. it was really poorly conceived though it was unnecessary but that's why they put it in here and just like that whole rescue scene was there to give <laughs> jim a character building moment even though it probably wasn't too necessary um but it also does establish the fact that the characters, when they fight together, they're supposed to be a team. They're supposed to fight together. They usually just let one guy do it <laughs> while the other two. <laughs> yeah, they, they stand back and let the one guy do it. Well, he's the dick, so let him. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm like, he's the asshole. Okay, asshole, go on, go in there, go into that firefight. No. We're <laughs> just gonna, we're just gonna hang back here. No, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. I you love know? the song. It's so, baby, this is our song. Come on, let's dance. What the hell? We don't have a song. What free ragtime jazz was that? It's like that. Was song. It's like, dude, what the hell? I mean, that wasn't even Jimmy That's Buffett with a like, buzz. That was just... some enchanted evening played very badly. <laughs> so, the the one thing that bothered me about that entire scene is that, be, and I know why they didn't do it, but they should have, is the fact that if he's going into confinement afterwards, and the admiral knew that that was going to happen, they probably would have had some military personnel there that, like, basically forbade him from drinking for the two. whole night. Yeah, yeah. they'd have had one or two there, I'm sure. I, yeah, I feel certain. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe it was his friends. Do that, I was ex- yeah, one thing they didn't Con- do that I was expecting was a pregnancy reveal. Oh, I was kind of wondering if that was going to happen. One or two of the first times I had watched this and film, I was wondering about if that was going to pop up somehow. Like, yeah, that's why I thought she was getting so pissed off that he was drunk. But then again, time, he's just time, an asshole. Time <laughs> and logic in this film don't mix because... We know in the real world how things go, and I understand it's movie world, but even in the movie world, we went, let's do this time timeline up until now. We went from hidden robots to revealing robots to destroying a good chunk of town, killing the, the, the monster, him in lockup, him getting a medal from the mayor all within the span of five hours. Yeah. I mean, all <laughs> in, in the day. Time. All in the day. I mean, work. they set up, they, they, they threw together this dinner that's supposed to be celebratory of him getting a medal for killing the monster <laughs> he just killed like three hours ago. I mean, this <laughs> and is half like, the city. This is like pop up. This is like pop up <laughs> awards going on here. They just. Well, this was, I don't think this was a thrown together thing i think this was already like some mardi gras event that was already set up because the band on stage was uh, yes. obviously playing zydeco jazz <laughs> yes <laughs> but the audio <laughs> was but not <laughs> but did they have to chewbacca uh our our man spitfire i mean they did not give him an award no <laughs> They totally Chewbacca'd him. So, I mean, he wasn't one. even invited. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he probably wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> he was still stationed on Air Force guy. Yeah, that's it. So now, well, it, I'm sorry, who said I, something? I, no, that was just me. I didn't mean to step on anyone. I'm just saying with the red character, it's like they could not make up their mind if he is supposed to be kind of the pseudo-human villain that you're not supposed to like or the the asshole guy who's going to have a turn which he never does <laughs> because they but then they have jim who they make jim a freaking angel which is awesome don't get me wrong i love the fact that jim is like the guy because while our hero red is going to get an award and supposedly they're going to award the the other folks you know the, the yeah. his, his you know the two people they throw that off to the side jim decides to with the red fucking cross he's and he's banjoning up people and he's healing people and he's you know give devoting his time to the children and all this shit and red is getting drunk showing off his badge to anybody who you know yeah is female <laughs> you know it's like it couldn't be any more obvious well okay well jim and tracy should eventually you feel are supposed to eventually be the real couple that should be together because because Jim is a really great guy and Red's an ass. We never get there, though. Somewhere <laughs> along the way, <laughs> I made a note. 
the submarine toss. <laughs> like a, oh, yeah, a monster oh, comes man, back. That was so good. I laughed so hard when I, I mean it was just it wasn't bump or nothing. It was just whoo! Fucking <laughs> <laughs> somebody Heisman that trophy that submarine out. I mean it just sails up and over and smashed. <laughs> So did like a torpedo on the air deck of the uh the aircraft carrier. Yeah. yeah. And now yeah. we have another monster on the loose. So now who do we have yes. to call? The three again. Well, I think because <laughs> get him on the horn. Get him on the horn. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. <laughs> well, Justin, since Please. you're on the horn, guide us along. Please guide. What happens? Give help us make sense of this. I've seen it four, five, five or six times, and I'm still blotting out every every now and then trying to piece this thing together all right let's see so after the party have they already after the party have they already had the scene where the awkward uh uh infidelity reveal scene (laughs) i believe no that's after the the second yeah that's that's after the second uh monster attack oh so they haven't even gotten to the second fight yet so we're no this is the second fight yeah after the submarine okay. there we go yeah this, they have to break red out of prison well, that was a an, <laughs> yeah a, out of the conference room b yeah the conference oh, yeah. room while everybody's dying uh, the- now this is where the uh the uh the guard gets squashed <laughs> trying to run <laughs> yes to save him. Yep. Yep. yes he could have. He could have just gave give them the keys, right? I mean, like, he didn't really have to go with them. They could have saved that guy. Yeah, he could have stayed at his he post. Since it. he's America's finest, he could have, you know, stayed yeah, at his post. You, you know, simplify that whole thing. You, you made an oath and a vow. The hell no, he's gone. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's Smoker's Raspberry Jam. I mean, that's it. He's just done. Whatever. He gets stepped on. That was really funny. <laughs> It, oh god the bay cam whenever he's smashing the door oh god when he says hey guy when they get to red and he's on the other side of the door he's like oh no guys it's getting kind of hot in here he's <laughs> <laughs> like that's because the building's on fire yo. <laughs> it's just a metal poisonous hunt they could have taken a can opener <laughs> That, that thing, the, the door literally shakes when you just touch the handle. They could easily, it took him forever to knock we that simple door handle was it just Was it just me? Or was this the first time that Green had ever touched a hammer? Probably. I think this was definitely the first. He goes against it, it the had to like, be. I got okay. one. And then they run to the door and an entirely too long sequence in slow motion of him. <laughs> He's like slow motion hit the doorknob. Trying to figure out where to put the client. There are guns everywhere on a military base. They couldn't find a gun just to shoot yeah. the fucking door open. He found thank a you. Kick thank the you, knob. Justin. Thank you so much for that. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> You're on a military base with all these guns and you find a fucking hammer. Yeah. <laughs> Knock the lock off. I'm like, or hey, how about just kick the damn thing? <laughs> they could have just run at it and kicked it. Yeah, <laughs> smashed through it, even hitting red in the process. It didn't look like too much was holding that thing in there, except duct tape and good intentions. The only thing holding <laughs> that soon, door up. What, Paul? As soon as he got the doorknob off, it was completely gone. All of the yeah. innards, yeah. everything yeah. is gone. No lock. <laughs> Well, I mean, that just hey, fell open. 
<laughs> so we get him. Thank God. Red is out of prison, out of sequester. And now they have to go and fight the robots again. So Angelique, guide us to the robots. What are we doing? Well, they're running across the base and then the, the wormy guy that's been the general's or the admiral, excuse me, uh, right-hand man pulls up and is like, come on! And then he gets them to the robots. And then we discover that the NASA chick has done all kinds of cool upgrades to the robots. And now they have the uh, the psychic crowns or whatever Neuralink. that will link their, Yeah, the neural link, yeah, the halo. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah. They can now cyberlink with their robots using their central nervous systems. <laughs> and... Actually, <laughs> all right, Paul. What have I missed? I, I'm, 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 I'm raising my hand. I'm sorry. What's up, Mark? Please, please don't, don't hate me at all. But actually, the second monster doesn't get aced by the robots at all it gets, it gets aced by a b1 bomber a freaking carpet bomb from hell it was a stealth bomber yeah they, they had a stealth had bomber about 900 missiles in the house, <laughs> not how stealths work did you see the payload that thing dropped so what you're telling me is these guys haven't killed any monsters yet no, no, they haven't actually killed any monsters. You're correct. Point, they, they have done absolutely nothing be, of any merit or value. <laughs> because they aren't even getting to the robots. All the guy said is that we're evacuating the base. They aren't even going to the robots. <laughs> I'm getting the hell and out the, of here. And the monster's there, and they carpet bomb him, and he dies, and he kind of slowly bleeds out as he slides back into the water secretly. And that's where we cut to the bar scene. From there, where they're celebrating as if they've killed them. <laughs> <laughs> going to get a shot of tequila. And, and that's where the awkward scene comes in where you find out they hook up and she tries to play it off as like, oh no, we just kissed. And I'm like, that's not what hooked up means. Uh, well, they were alluding to more, but Red was just like, is that all? That's fine with me. Kiss fine. my girl. It was funny how because he, he comes yeah. up and he's like, nah, I told you, I share anything with the world, bro, but not anything, right? Oh, I would have left the table at that and then point. They, like, you know what? Then they sit down, and then it reveals that he did that, and he's like, yeah, we kind of had sex. But he's like, really? And then he's like, are you kidding me? Because And just the references he gives, he's like, he says, man, that's nothing I remember. Did you know how many chicks have bukkakied me after breaking up with my little brother? And it's just the most awkward scene that he has ever done. It's like, <laughs> and then they're back to normal. <laughs> okay, high five. All right. Well, yeah, yeah because they got to fight the they got to fight the biggest monster, which is which in, is, is going towards Manhattan, which is going towards Manhattan, hence Atlantic Rim. But they're in Louisiana, and that's where they go. Infidelity. That that's where <laughs> they go then to fire up the robot. So didn't mean to backtrack. Sorry, Angelique, I wasn't trying to step no, on no, anything. No, no, but no, no, just, no. I... It's yeah, you're right though. <laughs> Justin's right. No one, our three heroes have yet to actually dispatch a monster. What would you say you do here? What What would you say you do here? <laughs> Other than go out and take random kids out of bars and drink, yeah, and smash doors. And, and Jim tried. You know, Jim just brought the whole party down. You know, let's. Let's toast all oh, God. Thank, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Donnie Downer there, 
for that. It's like, yeah, I'm going to drink this. Yeah, this is great. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go give myself to the Red Cross. It's just this one out for the homies. It's like, <laughs> thank you, Commander Buzzkill. God in heaven. Yeah. It just, yeah, the lamest bar scene ever. So now we got to kill Monster 3, correct? Yes. Monster yeah. 3 that's headed for Manhattan. Going to Manhattan. Apparently they're not going to... They're not going to warn anybody. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to the robots. The, the military, they... the government, nobody is going to going to warn anybody. <laughs> They're just going to give some jetpacks to these robots and say, y'all go ahead and we'll meet you there with the rest of the fleet. Get them on the horn. <laughs> <laughs> they got them on the horn. And they have they now have the jetpack robots. With Where'd the melee weapons come from? They didn't oh, know. Uh, NASA the, chick installed those when she installed, installed the jetpacks. Yep. The upgrades. The upgrades that, yeah. she that were conveniently... Which didn't take that long. <laughs> so, no. yeah. She's really good at her job. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. the, the neural uplink thing, they had to do that before they could even go anywhere. And apparently it's like a Vulcan mind meld meets brain freeze. And... <laughs> Everybody just screams a minute, and then they're like, "Okay!" And then they do the whole breakdance and shadow box and bull crap. <laughs> yeah. The, again, what are they looking at? Because we've seen they don't have any cameras or screens to look at, other than the little LCD gimmicks, like Angelique said, the little racing car things. So here, look at this. That's all they have inside the robot. So I, I mean, I'll give it to them. Of course, they have to have the neural link halo thing, and we're getting some kind of extended now. Nah. <clears throat> Oh, pretty cool. I got to give them this. I mean, they did deliver. The Asylum delivered on the special effects for this movie. Unlike Transformers, yes, where we got the same recurring transforming robot thing that looked like straight out of a budget title PS2 game. This movie, we actually got plenty of cut scenes, plenty of them, you know, cut into this robot. And we see this robot and this monster. And we see the robot fighting the monster. And we see punches and hits and kicks and stuff. And then baby girl, whatever her name is, Blue, I forget. Tracy, Tracy. thank you, Tracy. She gets, like, knocked out or something because of the interface overload. Or was it a power drain? Yeah, the, the neural, neural loop. It's, it's looping. The neural loop. Neural loop with her interface and the battery's draining, so it's causing a problem, and so that's what's affecting her. It's what Paula said, you know, her she got the lemon machine, and I never would have caught that at all. No, I wouldn't either. That's mad I'm, props I'm for that for foreshadowing. Because well, I mean, was it a lemon or was it operator error? Let's just be. Real. That's true. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Well, she, she was a blonde. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and, and her hair continually changed throughout the film, which, again, if you look at movie time. go in and out, man. If you look at movie time, this whole thing takes place in the same day, even though <laughs> the, the dinner that he minutes. had was yeah, at night. Right. Yep. He got put back in the brig and then, like, just put back in the brig and the next monster shows up and then they do that. And then, yeah, the, the jetpacks, and they decide to go to Manhattan. What's funny is I sat there going, how long does it take to get from Manhattan. New York by jet? <laughs> even even by fighter jet, you know, I'm like, and so my sons are, they're watching, kind of half watching this film uh, with me downstairs as they're under computers. And I say that, and my son chimes in, it's like, it's about three hours by passenger jet. And I'm like, <laughs> what about jet fighter? And I hear some more clacking. He goes, it's about an hour. And I'm like, an hour. They say 
that it's hitting landfall in Manhattan. Here, you have jetpacks. Go to Manhattan. That means that, that monster had an hour, technically, to lay waste <laughs> to the city. And they get there before the monster appears yep. out of water. <laughs> <laughs> Time does not exist in this. Uh, it's part. It's a time okay, jetpack robots go real quick. Uh, apparently, yeah. I mean, it, maybe it's part of being the ancient creatures <laughs> from the abyss or something. It's just you got these time dilations, and it just kind of affects so, it. What's up, Paul? If you if you're in a flying robot and you're running out of fuel, what's one of the first things you're going to stop doing? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so yeah, baby girl goes down. And instead of Red having the emotional attachment, you know, to the chick that he keeps constantly referring to as babe and manhandling and groping all throughout the film, like a freaking high schooler, it's Jim who said, I got you, baby. Hold on, baby girl. So he does the martyr thing to go after her, leaving Red with the one-on-one with the big beastie fighting sequence as Red is now rescuing baby girl, Tracy. Thank you. Jim rescues Tracy they fly off so that Red can start smashing the robot. So then we have movie back to movie C with uh, the one-eyed guy, Patchy, who has called in the nuke. What's up? <laughs> he could not wait for that. I'm, he wanted that thing bad. I mean, yeah, he, he was like me waiting for Van Damme's obligatory spin kick in one of his cameras. <laughs> I mean, he was like, give it to me. Come on, man. Come on. And that goes like, ew, gross. He's like, shut up. Come on, baby. Shut up. Come on. Give it to me. We're not getting any play here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, yeah. So we got the nuke coming. Red has to grab the nuke it, with some kind of funkiness that goes on with all of that. And somehow or another, he decides he's going to take the robot and the nuke to space. And he pulls an Iron Man thing. Kind of like Iron Man meets Ernest goes to jail because he just takes the bomb <laughs> and just heads to the stratosphere and he's going to take them both. Mm-hmm. But guess what? He's got a power drain, of course, but it doesn't seem to bother him. What's up, Paul? No, no, I'm just laughing at what you're saying. It's so true. Because, yeah, he's gets, he gets a power drain. Like we're, It shows like his head's sparking or something. Like we're supposed to realize that that was a big issue, even though this is the first time we've seen it. And this is also two seconds after she said that there's you've got a power drain. But since he's already in the ionosphere with a nuke and the robot, none of this matters. So <laughs> he's clutching in air like he's doing the claw hands. Like if he was a death metal band photo, that's what it, imagine that, kids. If you want to think of something like look up Google Images, look up the death metal claw, and you'll see somebody standing there, usually the singer, holding his hands like he's holding a big scrotum sack. Or something like this invisible ball looking at the camera. That's the death metal claw. So we've got Red holding the claw, trying to pull the Rambo. Only Rambo can pull the Rambo yell. Because that's actually going, I will find that yell. Rambo, when he plays chicken with a Russian hind, and Rambo's in a tank. And he takes out a hind with a tank. And he doesn't shoot the tank. Or he doesn't shoot the helicopter. He just plows into that thing like a game of chicken. Well, in that, yeah, Rambo's like, oh! I mean, it was one of the <laughs> coolest sequences in film history. Look it up, kids. I'm telling you, it's the truth.
so Red tries that and it just doesn't work. It, it sounds more like Marvin Martin. Ah! He goes up in the ionosphere, gives it to the robot, turns around and he like stomps his foot rockets or something, and the nuke explodes. He gives it a gives it a kick. Gives yeah, he gives kick. it a kick. He kicks the, 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 the missile into the, the thing further and kicks the thing further out of the atmosphere. The nuke explodes <laughs> one way in space, not a very big nuke. I'll give it that. It wasn't a very, maybe it was a small one. Like well, it minute. was a small tactical nuke because they were blowing up Manhattan, so they didn't want to blow up all of New York. The rest of New York's okay, man. Just get rid of Manhattan. Targeted, as, targeted as, nuclear blast. That's right. As the pirate, the one-eyed pirate said, we could only sacrifice a million people to save 15 million people. Yes. You know? Brand snake Pliskin. <laughs> brand snake, exactly. Yep. You know, guys. Is his name is he? Yeah, he he figured. You know, I mean, he was all for nuking New York from the start. I think he had something against New York, really. <laughs> He's just like, no, let's let's nuke him. And you're like, dude, it's New York. There's a million things. Nah, we'll nuke him. We'll only lose like a million people at radiation fallout for like 50 years. But hey, uh, the explosion from the atmosphere didn't look as big as it did from space, and it certainly no. didn't look like a nuke. No. That uh yeah. So red falls down, plummets down. And do we do we actually see the impact? He lands kind on of. the other robots. <laughs> yeah. It that, looked like he landed on his feet. Like just out of the suit. It looks like he just straight up landed oh, on yeah, his feet. Him, the, the, him, yeah. But yeah, but the yeah, the robot lands into the mud. Uh, and you can kind of see like an arm and part of the body fall into frame. This is after we have uh, Tracy and Jim do their Michael Bay exit out of the robots, but we never see the next slow motion camera while you got the Jablonski score going. Yep. But, but, <laughs> right, but they couldn't get them both on like a lazy Susan to spin around. So the camera starts to do the Michael Bay thing, and then it's like the cinematography guy was like, oh shit, no, we can't do it this way. (laughs) And so they stop and they cut from out of the Michael Bay swoop in like two seconds. It's like it's starting, and you're like, oh, here it comes. And then boom, we go to a static shot, like, oh. Yeah, then, then, then Red smashes into the ground, and he comes up okay, but he can turn around against the flat blue sky, right. and that's where we get the He gets the Bay. full bay effect. I mean, we, we're talking like we're not even waist high with the camera. We go balls down. Like, we are down mid-thigh with that camera looking up. I mean, he's doing the Captain America. He's got the... I mean, like, seriously, he's got, like, the... Uh, the, the Oh, Lord, I can't think of the bodybuilder, the Atlas. He's got that look. But he's got his hands on his hips almost. He's, ha-ha! And he's actually spinning around. Yeah. And then the Admiral's there. Never mind that we have seen during all this proceedings, everything that's going on here, that there's been a mutiny where Geis is going to gun down the Admiral and, like, for whatever reason, because even the Admiral's like, well, I see, guys, you've officially lost your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Guys is going to shoot the Admiral. The Admiral's like, no, you're not. And has he ever shot a man before? There's one trick. Don't hesitate. 
Young dude takes the gun away from guys and just starts beating shit out of him in front of everybody. Apparently, military police don't care about anything at all in this film ever, no matter what. And he shoots the admiral, who apparently is just a flesh wound, because when the just admiral goes wound. and meets them, he's not wounded anymore. No. <laughs> What's that, Paul? He just rubbed some dirt on it. That's all he had to do. I mean, well, we did. He's a Terminator Volume 5 or whatever they were. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's the tie-in. <laughs> he was a Terminator. Yep. Transmorphers prequel. Transmorpher. God, with that, we cannot escape. That is humanity's fate. So, <laughs> the heroes meet up. And, of course, Red goes and grabs his chick because he's a 17-year-old in high school and has to exert <laughs> his dominance in his relationship and with his friends. And so he grabs the chick, and you can, it's the most awkward, uncomfortable, looks-like kiss because apparently she yes. doesn't reciprocate the same feeling. <laughs> She's just tagging along to let him do whatever because that's part of his ego. And she's like, Yeah, you survived. They're yeah. walking back to the group of cheering officers and they just give a couple of whoops and treats Jim. He's running and gunning. And uh, I mean, he's doing the typical by this point. I wish he would have been like that the whole film. You know, I mean, if they're going, look, Gears of War, one of the greatest characters of Gears of War was the Coltrane because he was not only the comic relief, but he was the heart and soul of it. Marcus Phoenix, well, I would say he was the heart because Marcus Phoenix was the soul and the backbone of Gears of War. But you're only as strong as your heart is. And that was the cold train. The cold train, baby! Can't stop the train, baby. He was the one with all the one-liners. He was the one with all the quips. He was the one who was there to help everybody who was in trouble. I kind of wish that had been Jim's character the whole time, but it wasn't. So, <laughs> welcome to the well, room, for- ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I kind of wish, don't forget- dot, 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 but it wasn't. <laughs> You, you missed you missed the awkward uh, four way fist bump that they did with the admiral. Yes, yes. 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 <laughs> they're going. They talk to the admiral and they're like, "Well, I think we should go celebrate with some drinks." And the admiral's like, "Yeah, he's going to join them this time." And so then they slow mo into a not centered shot. It's like it's like they did it in one take, and it's it's like the actor said, "No, that's all you're getting from us. We need our check now." Um, but they they do this the worst four way fist bump ever. You're like, you couldn't have done a second take of that, really. <laughs> they slow mode. It's like they they kind of miss, uh, uh, you know, sort of. And then the admiral, while he's walking away, he decides for whatever reason to pull out his phone and take a picture walking backwards of what apparently is the robot wreckage as they're walking away for no particular yeah, I noticed, I was like, Why are we taking a picture of the secret robots that nobody's his last day about. on set? Not it's, so much a secret anymore. Apparently not. Yeah. It's his last day on set. I, and the lingering shot. I was disappointed at the lingering shot of mm-hmm. the smoldering ruins of the robot. And I was I kept expecting to see one little lizard come up for a final little guy like that, you know, like ha ha sequel. Ha ha. Nope, nothing. It's smoldering ruin, cut, fade to black, roll credits. Happy. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was this, dot dot dot. But it wasn't. <laughs> The asylum. That's the asylum. <laughs> I, it's like it's like the punchline for the aristocrats. It's like <laughs> they should end every movie. They should end every movie with you have the whole movie and then you go, and what do you 
Who are you called? The Asylum. The asylum. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to final thoughts this thing. You'll probably even talk even more about this. I swear we could go back and start from the beginning. And I could talk about this movie all over again. I have an unhealthy fascination with this thing, actually. I will, I will be quite honest. I mean, <laughs> I'll just go ahead and be upfront about it. But anyway, we will be back in just a second. Y'all aren't going to know that because I'm probably just going to do a quick cut, like a and maybe even a bay cam or probably do a promo for somebody else's podcast or whatever. But we'll be right back. Welcome to the Sanctuary of the Strange At MonstersMadnessAndMagic.com You shall find interviews, reviews, occult history, and retrospectives on relics of macabre media Films, fiction, comics, music, monsters and madmen All are explored at Monsters madnessandmagic.com podcast available on the website and all major podcasting platforms let's see justin you know what? No, I'm going to wait. Paul, give me some final thoughts on the Atlantic Rim from your perspective. Okay, I got, I got four, four final thoughts about this film. And wow, I wrote these down. four of them? Yeah, uh, I, I think that the film does. Uh, I'll start out with the good one. Uh, I think that this film does accomplish what it intends to do. It is truly a mockbuster film. Um, that said, here's one of my criticisms of the thing well it's probably not a criticism it is a nitpicker's wet dream Ooh, of a sand, movie sandwich technique let's do this you um, got the good and now the bad yeah yeah and and then uh <laughs> this kind of a funny funny thought about the film uh, that i wrote down I, I and it makes more sense now that i found out that the this guy the the main lead red was actually a baywatch person i said this this is what you get when you try to make baywatch from pacific rim because this, <laughs> I, it really did look like Baywatch, and now I know why. Because Red, and all the other aspects uh -huh. of this film. But my last thing, and the, and this is truly, I think, encapsulates what this movie means to me. And it's from a quote in the film, and it's it's basically the admiral saying to uh, guys, "This is about the ambitions of weak and selfish men, guys. Nothing more." And that's what I think this film is about. <laughs> Did did the movie deliver what was shown on the box art? Uh, yes, but the monster was slightly different. Because you know that's my biggest criteria mm -hmm. on this is, I mean, the box art makes a promise, so does the movie deliver on that box art? So what you see on the box art, now, yeah, the monster was slightly different, but I mean. But it does give me the, four, the three robots attacking the monster and saving the day, which, yes. It did deliver on that. It gave me some really weird side stories, which I didn't think was needed, but it still delivered what the package. Was it entertaining? Uh, I was averagely entertained. Yes. Oh, yo, we're going to make the convert out of you yet. Yeah.
I've got my special angelic choir in the background and everything for that fight. Actually, it's going to be like Benedictine monks. This is like going to be the apotheosis of Paul, the film, the bow tie film jerk. It's going to be like, that day will come one one of these yeah, days. And, and, and the and the tenth or the the ninth gate of hell will open up at that same moment. <laughs> yep. So uh it's like the seventh le- seventh seal. Yeah, there we go. Oh well you're so <laughs> eager to open them up, Mark. What's your final thoughts <laughs> on the Atlantic Rim? Well, this is like my third or fourth time watching it. Do it again. And and on I say I don't know why, but I would watch it again. It is, it is such an act of random as far as the script goes, and and thinking of what, you know, uh, origami of a narrative it has that it's fascinating to watch because you're just watching this going. Your, your brain will sit there. <laughs> it go with it's, that face. It'll get with that face and your brain will just try to put the pieces together and continually try to work on this impossible puzzle that you know you're never actually going to get into a complete constructive narrative, but your brain wants to work at it. Did you ever play Animal Crossing? You know, when when you get the animals trying to think and you see the gears are they're like, and they're sitting there trying to think. (laughs) I know that face. (laughs) So, you know, that's it. it. of Asylum Films, it is a higher production value. They they ha- they try. They manage to use the one helicopter training uh, <laughs> facility they used for their location because apparently they were going to try to use a military base, but the uh, the general who runs the base read the script and didn't like how they portrayed the army. I don't understand why. (laughs) (laughs) So they used some helicopter training facility for like nine of the locations and did like eight rewrites of this film. So, I mean, and if you think about it, that it shows, but it's, it's got, I don't know, something to it that some of the, like, I'd watch this again more than Hornet. Hornet was all right, but I don't know if I could watch it again. This one, I am so bemused (laughs) by the chaos that this film is that I just, I am fascinated. I'm morbidly fascinated by it. (laughs) And I'll just, I'll watch it again. And by the way, uh, just a side note, Tracy does end up later in uh, many of our group's uh, most interesting latest film, Veronica. No way. The girl who plays Tracy was one of the blonde models in our favorite segment of, Ver- of Veronica, the albino spider of the jet. She was one of the S&M models in the photo shoot <laughs> of Veronica. This is going to sound Thanks. really mean, but I don't mean it to be mean, but it's nice to see that nice to know that she's playing to her strengths. Because I, I know that y'all stop listening to me now. Because no, she, she is was far not. too gorgeous to be walking no. around Mardi Gras in army fatigues, acting like she no. belongs there. She she was in a lot of uh, films and such that would show up at 11 o'clock at night on Cinemax on Saturday night. So let's just put it that way, too. That, so. not, well, I guess I'm glad she's playing But uh, yeah, final thought. Sorry, rambling, no. but Atlantic Rim of asylum films if there was going to be if someone said to me they go is there an asylum film that's watchable i would say (laughs) atlantic rim i'm gonna say don't think 
okay, at all of of the plot or any type of film structure. Just sit down and let it wash over your brain, <laughs> escape reality for a while, and you know, <laughs> it's like a zen. Yeah. You know, you don't. It doesn't have to make sense. It's just a lot of moving images that you'll be entertained. And yeah, the special effects, as far as they go, while they may still look cheesy for the cockpits. It does have some of the best asylum CGI in it. So at least the effects guys tried a little bit. They went out and bought the extra Photoshop premiere package. <laughs> you think so. the, uh, do you think the movie delivers on the box art? Absolutely. I, I think it does. Even though the monster doesn't have tentacles, it's like what Paul said. It You've got three robots who actually look like the robots in the film. The head of the beast on the front at least looks like the beast. There is a rail gun, although it's not shooting the head of the beast. It's shooting a casino. So, <laughs> but, but it's in the film. What you see on the box art, there are more elements on this box art that are in the film than there were in Hornet. That excellently put. Angelique, the kaiju expert. What are your thoughts on this thing? Well, this was my first time seeing this one. Just no like way! You didn't tell us that! I thought I mentioned it during episode zero. <laughs> no, or if you did, I wasn't picking. You hear me rambling, though? This is your first time? Holy crap! Yeah, yeah. So so much like Justin, this was a, a, a new one for me. Um, I'm going to watch this one again. I enjoyed <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, for all of its problems, and there are many, <laughs> I had a good time with this one because it, it's this one, like like Mark just said, they actually tried. Like they were like, all right, this is the top of our game. This movie has come out with robots and monsters. We want to capitalize on that, but we got to pull them in. So let's try to make it good. You know, the creatures had shadows. The robots had shadows. <laughs> you know, while they they didn't have enough money to show the 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 people getting into and out of the mech suits and stuff like that, you know, I had a good time. That did it deliver what the box art showed you, at least in Every, your opinion. Yeah, everything except the tentacles. Very that, and I mean, you've already said you're going to watch this one again. So I mean, that, uh, yeah, that excellent, excellent, Justin. <laughs> Yes, sir. Did I already get Paul? I yes. did. You got making sure, first. yeah, because he because he gave he gave the very uh, structured. Because oh, that's right. Yes, oh, Paul. Yeah. I apologize. I was paying attention. I promise. I just want to make sure I get everybody because I was saving Justin for last. Justin, is the asylum still batting a thousand? Uh, Seven fifty. <laughs> but. Uh... <laughs> I have no clue what you're talking about. You might as well be speaking backwards Norwegian. I have no clue what that means, what like baseball terms or whatnot. So anyway, please continue. Well, the filming location of the Atlantic Rim over the Pacific, I mean, Pacific Rim certainly adds a layer of depth not present in the blockbuster counterpart. <laughs> but <laughs> Wow, you prepared that one. <laughs> But yeah, this is a bad movie, but that that doesn't mean that you can't have a good time watching it because I'm going to watch I watched this again before we even got on here. I'm going to go ahead and admit that. <laughs> and if you're bad, you can't be boring and this movie is certainly not boring like 
I find this movie hilarious for some reason. I can listen to the dialogue. I could just rip this audio and uh, fall asleep listening to it, cracking up. <laughs> Maybe feel, feel better about myself going to work or something. But yeah, I, I like this movie. What about the box art? I mean, did it give? Did it deliver? Did the movie deliver what was on that box art? I mean, if you would now, if you had rented it from the store, I mean, what the, yeah, the, the I mean, movie? Yeah, I mean, I've been you, right? Yeah, this that scene almost happens in this movie, so you can't. I can't shit on them for that. You know, you almost get that exact same same scene. So, hey, we're all cool. And you already said you're gonna watch it again, dude. Excellent. So I mean, it might have knocked the the batting average down a little bit, but for people listening, and there's somebody that I think might actually be. I mean, there you go. We're we're one step closer to having a full fledged convert. It, <laughs> it is no surprise. I love this film. I mean, I, <laughs> this is my show. <laughs> God in heaven, help me. God help. No, seriously, I. <laughs> love this movie there is something about it i would say like mark said a morbid fascination it's almost unhealthy but i say this several times i've said this about full moon flicks man this to me for whatever it is this is the asylum firing on all cylinders this is what i look for it's it's kind of have <laughs> i'm not saying it to be condescending but it's this is the movie is sincere. It feels sincere. Maybe mm -hmm. it's not. Maybe they're just like, All right, hurry and make it, throw some shit on film and just send it out. We got to get, maybe so. But it really feels sincere. And that goes a long way with me through anybody in any endeavor, anything they do in life, whether it be trying to work out, whether it be trying to better themselves, whether it be trying to quit drinking, whether it be trying to learn an instrument, and it sounds like they're just end up farting on a keyboard and not even playing real notes. I don't, if they're sincere about it, that goes a real long way with me. And so I feel like this movie is very sincere. And yeah, Justin, it is not boring. I have watched this movie. I, this is, I have seen this movie more than any other Asylum film. I've seen like Transmorphers two and a half times because <laughs> I had to high speed it that last time I watched it before our episode of the Transmorphers. So other than that, I, I mean, I seriously have watched this movie like at least five times because I've seen it once on my own enough to inspire me to start looking for more films by the same company. And then I've watched it again for me and Mark's episode in the spoiler room. And then I watched it again the other day or last night. And then I watched it again today before this episode, <laughs> Jesus help me. That is, <laughs> I love it. The characters, they're hyper hyperbolic. The story is nonsensical if there is one, but there is a story there. The special effects are there. And I don't, I'm a, Growing up as a gamer, I look, I'm used to bad graphics. You think graphics are horrible now, kids? <laughs> pop in Silent Hill on the PlayStation One. You might as well wash your eyeballs with sandpaper, okay? This is nothing. This is fun. Play Gears of War 2 again, okay? That, yeah, I mean, you say you look through nostalgia tinted glasses. Play Gears of War 2 again. It ain't in that first Tomb Raider. Yeah, baby. Right. First Tomb Raider. I mean, yeah, for Clock real. Tower. So Clock that, Tower. Yeah, that doesn't bother me at all. The effects, the comp effects were look, the box art. If I look at that box art and I'm watching this film, I got everything that was on that box art. Even I mean, there are tentacles there. I honestly didn't even notice the tentacles. I didn't pay too much attention. Like I said, you got to axle foley this thing. Whenever you're showing the buddy, just kind of move it around real quick so nobody pays too much attention to it. And that's how, seriously, 
I will watch, I'm going to watch this movie again. I said it's asylum firing on all cylinders. And this is just like Full Moon. This might not be their best movie, but this is one of my, if not my favorite asylum film. It's Sunday. And you've probably been out partying the night before, you sinners. And so Sunday, you might have, I won't say you have a bad hangover, but you just, you wake up, you're just being lazy. You don't want to go anywhere. You sit back on the couch. You don't really feel like picking up Animal Crossing or Metroid or getting any further in the GameCube because this is, wow, just, I'm tipping my hand and showing where I was at the time. You don't really feel like doing that. You just want to turn something on and zone out. You turn it on. And it's Atlantic Rim. It's like, oh, this is going to be good. And that chuckle tells you everything you need to know about this film. I love it. I'll watch it again. And, yeah, it's just one of my favorites. And that, that's Atlantic Rim, y'all. Not y'all, y'all. The people listen. Hopefully the one or two people that are still left listening to it if they survived Atlantic Rim. This, to me, is the asylum. This is what I'm looking for in asylum. Maybe something new, something a little better. But this is the movie why I, this is pretty much what I had in mind when I wanted to start the Mockbuster Summer, was a movie like this. This was like Transmorphers 2 from last year. This is kind of what I'm looking for. This is the Asylum's MO. This is static cameras, really, really good camera work, badass music. Again, the composer's name, Chris Pinkston, excellent music score. The box art, maybe not as good as Hornet, but remember this movie came out before Hornet. So we've gotten some practice until then, even though box art guy, the artist needs a raise composer. I hope you go somewhere because you're really freaking good. The camera work, the Bay camera, everything. It's, it's all great. This movie's just, it looks good. It sounds good. <laughs> maybe it doesn't play good, but it's just a fantastic film. And this is what I wanted my mockbuster summer to be. I'm hoping the rest of them are like this, but I mean, <laughs> that's the fun. <laughs> because, ladies and gents, this, I've seen this one before. I've never seen Atlantic Rim 2, which will be coming next. And I've never seen Monster Island, which will be coming forth. What's oh, that? man, I hope they continue that love story. I can't wait to find Mark, out. Mark, you look like you're about to say something. Nope, nope, nope. You you all can draw your own opinions about uh, Atlantic Rim uh, <laughs> resurrection, whatever it's called, arising, rising, whatever the hell. It's <laughs> Atlantic oh, Rim Admiral Two, Admiral Two. Let me uh, uh, let me go Atlantic around Rim the two. table real quick and just hit it up. Give me a website where somebody can find you, Angelique. Uh, Facebook. <laughs> I'm I'm on there a lot. More than I should be. <laughs> Any particular group or anywhere somebody can find rather than uh, you, stalking your personal page? Well, um, you can uh, find me. Just search for a Paranormal Schlockdown. Uh, that's the, the page for the podcast. Um, you can find me on Film Jerks. You can find me on all the gimmicks. Uh, Astro Radio Z. So, yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. So, y'all find her on there. Don't be stalking her personal page. I'm not held responsible. I will not be held responsible for what she will do to you. Don't mess with her. All right. Forsaken Fair, not Forsaken Fair. What the hell? Paul, give me a website. Where can people find you? Uh, actually, you said Forsaken Fair. That is my Twitch handle, so you can look up uh, all of my gaming stuff, live streams and, and such with that name. Otherwise, look for the Film Jerks, because I love working with the Film Jerks. Hell yeah. Justin, where can people find you? 
Monsters of Madness and Magic.com all day, every day. <laughs> like, seriously, all day. We're usually passing texts all day, every day. You can find him there. <laughs> Mark the movie man. Give me something. Where can people find you when you're not exploring new horizons of asylum films? <laughs> Specialmarkproductions.com for all your movie man needs. Oh, yeah. And I'm Dan, and you can find me at monstersmadnessmagic.com, film jerks. Anywhere you find these guys, more likely you're going to find me somewhere around. I'm like a remora. They go in there, they ride Vanguard, and I just come along behind with my witty, charming, boyish good looks and whatnot. And <laughs> somehow or another, people still let me hang around. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it was. One day I just messaged Derek, and then out of the blue, here I am. So <laughs> go figure that one. So this has been the bottom rack. I have been the Dan. Everybody has been the everybody. And we will see y'all next week for Atlantic Rim Resurrection. Actually, let, me do- <laughs> <laughs> let me do a Bayformers camera. Let me do like the Bayman, the Michael Bay slow cam so I can do like Atlantic Rim Resurrection. <laughs> Emphasis on erection. If your resurrection lasts more than four hours, go to the <laughs> Wow. I guess who sound clips into the episode also. <laughs> Next time on the bottom rack. This is when uh, Russo's doing his last ura and he probably unnecessarily sacrifices himself to <laughs> probably unnecessarily <laughs> <laughs> he does <laughs> probably unnecessarily yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's he was in it for the cool points and i'm gonna give him to him so give a ding up there like russo he lived up to his his moniker for the whole movie was being the cool guy so <laughs> i mean <laughs> it was just a flesh wound because at this point, we got, we got like four movies going at one time. Oh, or yeah. at least like divergences and stuff. Yeah. Russo doesn't want to hear this. He doesn't believe it. He's I, Like I said, this is what this is the third time now that I have to swipe my hand over my head. I loved it. I like, you know me and the goopy stuff. We're like a one-eyed hooker in an ass-kicking contest. I don't know where that one came from. <laughs> You scurvy bitch. <laughs> yeah, if your resurrection lasts more than four hours, go to the emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on erection. Bull butter. <laughs>